Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash watch out for fireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Consider the majestic Yoshi. <coughs> Communal. Progressive. Adaptive. Residing on an isolated island off of the coast of the Mushroom Kingdom, their physiology is baffling. Neither reptilian nor amphibian, their digestive and reproductive systems appear to be irrevocably linked. Watch as the magenta subject unceremoniously devours its prey, then rapidly ejects an egg, only to hurl its potential offspring, shot put like directly at perceived threats. One weeps for the baby Yoshi, left without a shot at this world, except for the shot that took it from us. Clannish, the noble Yoshi, is known to abduct or adopt the young of other species as its own. These poor children do not stand a chance, as they are expected to eat other creatures many times their size. The nests of the Yoshi are lined with their sorrowful bones. And let's not forget what happens when a Yoshi eats a melon. With the failure of the Mushroom Kingdom's red melon eradication efforts, it would be wise for any nature documentarians to watch out for... special announcement. So uh, the day after you hear this on Friday the 25th, I'm going to be live streaming some Binding of Isaac. So come hang out with us, watch me and some of my idiot friends play some idiot Isaac. That address is www.twitch.tv forward slash watch out for fireballs. 9pm January 25th. Isaac, idiots, me, come say hi. Enjoy the episode. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. You're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. This is a retro video games podcast. And for this episode, we are talking about Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, which is a platformer game developed and published by Nintendo for the SNES in 1995. And this uh, game, even though it has two in the title, is actually a prequel to all of the Mario games, putting you in control of the Yoshi dinosaurs who are attempting to reunite baby Mario with his brother, who has been kidnapped. Yes, by Magikoopas. Uh, this game actually introduced a lot of new mechanics. Uh, Yoshi, uh, he can turn enemies into eggs uh, in a Kirby-like fashion, uh, which he can throw and bank off of other surfaces. Um, instead of having the usual Mario health system, uh, being hit by an enemy knocks Mario off of Yoshi's back, where he floats in the air in a bubble and cries and cries and cries uh, until he eventually gets abducted. There's like a little countdown timer. Um, and there also aren't traditional power-ups either. Uh, instead, Yoshi can horrifyingly transform into various <laughs> vehicles or uh, eat melons that give him special breath attacks. <laughs> You're a train um, now. Oh, no, I didn't mean to do that. I'm a train. <laughs> yeah, it, it's real creepy. It's a lot like the, the transporta- uh, transformation scene at the end of uh, uh, Stuart Gordon's Dolls, um, where the guy turns into the punch doll, but just over and over and over again, but with, like, 
big googly eyes on it. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, it's terrifying. It's like a David Cronenberg film. It's just... it's, it's it's like the end of Willow, um, <laughs> where where Bab Morda is turning all of the soldiers into pigs. <laughs> Um, trains, your it's trains. Like, <laughs> it's like witches. Yeah, yeah. That, that was on. Uh, I watched that the other night when I was in Seattle. We watched, and we turned it on just for that scene. Like, and I was just like, "How did I watch this? This is a youth." Yeah, primity. Like that. That is a terrifying uh, uh, movie. So, so both both uh, both the movie Witches and Yoshi's Island um, are perhaps most notable for their looks. Um, the uh, Yoshi's Island has kind of a marker and cram style uh, that was actually Miyamoto's way of rebelling against the higher-ups at Nintendo, who were adamant that the sequel to Super Mario World feature rendered 3D strites, sprites uh, like Donkey Kong Country. And thank goodness he did. <laughs> God bless you, Miyamoto. Uh, Donkey Kong Country looks like shit. Yes, it uh, does. I, there, I hate that aesthetic. There are elements of the game that are in that style. Like the crazy magic koopas that, uh, like the like the cutscene, the cutscene after you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they look horrible. <laughs> yeah, they, they look real, real bad. And uh, you know, so this, this is way better. This is and instead made one of the best looking games like in history. Yes, so, for real. Well, good on you, Yamada. Yeah, I mean, it was and it was really good looking because of the uh, uh, of the super effects, the super FX two chip. Uh, which was a chip that was put into uh, in, into the cart there, uh, and it kind of allowed for the game's gigantic transforming sprites um, and the transparency effects. And I'm thinking about that like that's something we've lost. Like the idea that kind of like yeah, this this game is its own system, kind of. Oh, that's 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 a great point. That's 100 percent true, and that that would happen even with with sound too. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a couple of episodes or next oh, episode yeah. rather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But just that idea that there's like there would be like a technical innovation that is limited to one game, you know that uh, that really changes the way it looks or sounds. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. And and like think about this game as it's like put on the timeline. This is 1995, and right. the, the the PlayStation was taking the world by storm. And I would say that this game looks better than like most things on the PlayStation. Um, especially, especially as regards anything that was trying to be 3D. Right, you know? right. It's not made of Doritos. No. So, and, and the PlayStation it was capable of very nice graphics. Oh, yes, like, it was. Night and stuff like that. Like, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of... Uh, one of my friends had this like theorem of, of video game graphics is that you always have to go back... Uh, like, 16-bit and earlier looks good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, PlayStation 2 and later. And then just uh, that entire generation is just absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole thing. Um, at first he said it was you have to go back two generations and that was like in the PlayStation mm-hmm. era and then now that is not true right so he did not future proof his idea yeah um, <laughs> well but I mean just kind of like just it's it's literal not literally god this is, yeah yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah no it's the it's the awkward teenage years of video games like the, well, something that's interesting and this is definitely tangential but uh, one of the things that uh, a big problem with that PlayStation era of graphics is that there were very few games that took advantage of that as a strength. Mm-hmm. You know, like the fact that we can make big, like a game that looked like Star Fox yeah. would run and look fine on, mm-hmm. a, on a PlayStation 1. You know, like that level of detail would allow for that much abstraction. Like I think about a game um, called like Jumping Flash. Yes, that's a good game. Yeah, it's a good game and it looks cool because it knows that it just we just want big, flat, colorful geometric shapes. Mm-hmm. And that's what we can do. We're not trying to emulate, you know, the infinite detail of a human face. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Yoshi's Island. Uh, just getting back to, to Yoshi's Island. We're very, uh, we're punchy. Yes, we are. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling punchy at the very least. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. 
there are uh, two sequels to Yoshi's Island, um, Yoshi's, Yoshi's Story for the Nintendo 64 and Yoshi's Island DS for the DS. Um, additionally, the game was remade for the Game Boy Advance in 2002, which is the, the port that I played for this. Um, I heard really terrible things about Yoshi's Story for Nintendo 64 and never played it. I just learned about Yoshi's Island DS, though, because I thought that was a port. And now that I know that's a sequel, I really want to play it. Yeah, I like I I only turned it up when I was like doing, you know, secondary research for the show, like looking on uh looking on like TV trips and stuff. I remember there being a Yoshi game for the for the DS, but it was like a launch game and it was really gimmicky with the touchscreen and dual screen kind of stuff. It was it was it was kind of like a Kirby Canvas curse except with throwing eggs. But I I guess there was like a full-fledged sequel that was made for it. And like yeah. you don't just have baby Mario, you have like baby like Luigi and Bowser and shit. That ride you around. Different abilities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they ride you. That sounds excellent. Like I have to find a copy of that because, like, you know, I, I. It's so weird that I didn't. I remember hearing about that when that came came out. I know this is some some year where I just wasn't following, you know, retro video game news or something. Yeah. I don't know. I have no clue. It's, but, it's uh, uh, fourteen bucks on the uh, on the rainforest. Yeah, that that's a that'll be a, a purchase for me. Like I'll definitely yeah. get that. I think it's pretty well regarded as well. Mm-hmm. Not maybe not as universally acclaimed as this game is i am thinking of yoshi touch and go which uh is actually a very apt title Uh (laughs) (laughs) it's also my favorite car song so this game has a plot sort of (laughs) kind of insofar as any game has a plot um at least it's not rescue the princess so it's not inherently uh it's not inherently misogynistic which is nice yeah, um, but it has some troubling attitudes towards babies. Yeah, no. Uh, I, my my theory is that the entire game is is like an anti-abortion allegory. Oh, <laughs> instead, instead of instead of making that fateful choice, just put your baby <laughs> in the hands of this uh, dinosaur. In the hands of the Lord, yes. Yeah. We have we have the uh, we have the Creation Museum down here in uh, down down here in uh, Cincinnati, which is what you get when Kentucky and Indiana meet. Uh, mate, rather move away from the Midwest, <laughs> <laughs> which is famous for its exhibit that has uh, that has Jesus riding on a on a raptor. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> it's not really the Midwest; it's kind of the South. But continue. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's the South of the of the Midwest. <laughs> the um, so the, the actual the actual plot for Brojo Yoshi's Island is about is real real simple. Um, a stork is flying over the ocean carrying the two babies, uh, the the Mario brothers, and a magic Koopa named Kamek waylays the bird abducting Luigi and causing Mario to fall onto an island below. Um, baby Mario lands on the back of a green Yoshi, which, good, thank goodness. Like, <laughs> this could have got real dark real quick. Um, good thing someone just happened to catch him there. Um, and the, the Yoshi uh, convinces all of his friends to, uh, to agree to help reunite Mario with his brother. This... And thus you go requesting. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me in the early days of AOL, you know, when, you know, when, when I was, when I was young and thirsty for content, you know, mm-hmm. to read, I was, I was looking at the, uh, at the final fantasy seven keyword and the mm-hmm. message board had fanfic. And one of the stories involved Tifa falling from the high wind for about a mile high and surviving. And I read mm-hmm. it. I was like, huh, that's weird. You know, she's, she's, she's a Tifa's a tough lady, but thinking back on it, I can't help but think that that was supposed to be sexual in some way. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Like, were there were, was there anything about wind blowing through her various flaps? Like, you just thought it was like her shirt and pants and stuff, and now like, you, like, a miracle of hindsight. 
I maybe I don't I don't I don't know if I'm if I'm informing it with just what I know about fan fiction in general, but but just that this whole thing like of a, of a video game character falling that far and surviving it like awoke that Oprah memory in me. I'm not sure if it was real or what, but uh, I just what fan fiction is dumb. Like why even <laughs> just like why even have that that happen? Like she has to fall. Like don't have her fall so high. Like it's a really easy like as as a as somebody who Gary. who writes and who edits like Gary. That was the point. Was that she fell that far? <laughs> is it? I don't understand. Like, it, it, like, just she had a lot of hit points or something. Like, just find the things that stretch credibility, that or was, you know what? Have somebody else read it. Fanfic writers. That was. Oh, that, was that was all it was about. <laughs> well, nobody will read it ever. Even yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It. Like, yeah, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So I'm sorry about that digression. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, continue. Um, so the, the dinosaurs go questing, and they, they venture across this island. Um, and they, you pass Mario along the way in kind of a relay style, which is interesting. You're not playing the same, you know, Yoshi from Super Mario World. Yeah. Uh, well, Yoshi is a species; it's not yes. a, a name. So you're, you're just a different Yoshi uh, each time. <laughs> and along the way, you defeat um, Kamek's minions, which are transformed by his magic to be gigantic. So they're enemies that you regularly fought during that world, um, and kind of boss versions, which is real neat. Um, when you finally arrive at the Koopa Kingdom. You find that Kamek was trying to protect baby Bowser um, from his prophesized defeat at the hands of Mario and Luigi, which is kind of a sophisticated twist for a game <laughs> that looks like this. And uh, little baby Bowser awakens and attempts to ride Yoshi, and uh, instead gets turned into a boss as well. Uh, but you're able to defeat him, and Kamek and Bowser fly away to safety to regroup, and the stork delivers Mario and Luigi to, huh? To, like, a little mushroom house, and who knows who raises <laughs> But, but by okay. delivers, I like there's there's a very horrifying scene at the end that's in Donkey Kong Country visuals, which is this stork <laughs> just like push pulling Mario and Luigi out of a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's much more oh. disturbing than that. It's actually him pushing these kids out of his cloaca. It's oh. it's real fucked up. Like like a fucking splash mountain, like the end of a splash mountain. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All those brambles and stuff. Yeah, you ever seen you ever seen a racer head? Um, yeah, kind of yeah. like that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you will be mine now. Like the, the stork is like a surgery addict, and just, like, <laughs> just like welcome back. The stork's the real villain here. Um, oh, oh, gross! Man. So anyway. So this is a hard game to talk about because it has levels, like it has a progression, but like it's it, it introduces these mechanics as it goes along. And I think that instead of actually talking about like, you know, the difference between watch out below and watch out for Lakitus, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to kind of hit the high points um, as, as we go along because uh, this is kind of a spoiler. This is a long ass game. It's a, it surprised us both with how long it is and uh, not long in comparison to say like, you know, uh, a Final Fantasy VIII long, which mm-hmm. is a really long for a candy-colored platformer. And I think, I don't know if, if necessarily if you'll agree, but I kind of think it bucks the trend uh, as far as long games of where I don't... There wasn't stuff in this game I felt was wasted. Nope. It's just really, it's just a lot of stuff. Yeah. I, I, like, I, always, always introducing new stuff, always, you know, it's great. 
mm-hmm. it's wonderful. It's just a lot longer than we expected it to be. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll save that. I'll save the effusive praise for the end. Right. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't complain about the length if I wasn't playing it for a deadline and if I hadn't procrastinated. You know. Yeah, that was my big thing too. I I, I take full responsibility. Like I yeah. put off playing. I did beat it. Um, I beat it last night. Uh, very late, yeah. but um, as just a little behind the scenes, uh, Cole <laughs> and I originally planned to record yesterday and. Got back in touch with each other, and, or got in touch with each other, and there were a couple other mitigating factors. But really, um, neither of us were, were prepared to, <laughs> to record at the time we originally agreed on. Yeah. So we did it full twenty four hours later, so we'd have both have time to <laughs> to collect ourselves. So we're going to kind of catch um, do a lot of generalities because this game is really kind of has really sophisticated, and neat platforming. Yeah. Um, and then kind of hit on those high points, um, and then you know kind of uh, talk about its place a little bit in the Mario canon. Yes, because in in some ways it introduces a lot of things that Nintendo would grasp onto, and in some other ways it introduced a lot of really brilliant uh, things that turned out to be evolutionary dead ends, and uh, it's really a shame. So I feel like Nintendo really kind of grabbed the wrong things from this <laughs> in a lot of ways. And this is yeah. as a, as a fan of modern Mario games, like mm-hmm. I like them. Yeah, but they, you know, this was the one of the last times I felt like these games were just brimming with absolute like imagination and and yeah. and you know wonder. Joy. Um, I mean, it's it's a joyful game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great game. Like, if you are bummed out, or if you are, you know, getting sick of, uh, you know, I wish I, I I played this. I started playing. I didn't finish it because of all that procrastination. But I think I talked about it on extra episodes. But during my winter break, I had this uh, last couple of days where I had this harrowing um, day, you know, weekend of games where I played um, Hotline Miami. Yeah. Which is you know uh, real fun, but also really tense and designed to make you feel like shit. Yeah, I played Spec Ops, uh, Spec Ops the Line, Same. which is not fun and designed <laughs> to make you feel like shit. And then uh, played a bunch of Dark Souls, which is, I love it. It's one of my favorite games of all time, but it also is really hard and really brutal mm-hmm. and everything. And this game was an amazing like relief from that. Yeah, it's 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 a wonderful sorbet. Yeah, but it's an aloe cream. <laughs> it's a it's soothing a balm. Place upon your burned torso for your for your cracked and dried soul. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, um, but you get you get started in this game um, in in World One. So there are six worlds. Uh, they each have eight levels in them, and uh, World One is kind of the you know the Green Hill Zone, introducing all the basics. Yeah. And uh, the very first level is called Make Eggs, Throw Eggs, which is pretty much the thesis for the entire game. It's all you need to know. Um, <laughs> all right, so listen up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Step one: Make eggs. Step two, throw eggs. Yeah. Step three. Mm-hmm. I shit you not. I, I I blame this game for at the very least of my, of my limited physics knowledge. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a failed engineer who now who now writes scripts for cartoons. Um, <laughs> this game, at the very least, hammered home the idea that um, the angle of incidence equals the angle of ref- of reflection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's like a, like I I, I this. I do not know very much about science. I'm, uh, you know, a, a study. I study the soft arts, and the. Uh, but I, it's one of the. It's one of the idea I've thought of for a long time. Where like, what I need to know about physics, I can learn from like going outside and throwing a ball. Yeah. Like if I'm never going to design anything or build a bridge or a rocket or anything like that, I don't <laughs> really need to know that stuff. Um, you know, and and life has proven me right. Like maybe maybe <laughs> I'm wrong. Maybe it will it will pop up where like there'll be a cataclysm and. You know, through some terrible nightmare, I'm the person who knows the most about physics, and I have to design, you know, a, a ship to get off, uh, get me off of this island or something. Some kind of idiocracy situation. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's just it's terrible. But as of now, like I just kind of feel like these are these are the kind of like real life physics. Like this does this <laughs> that you kind of learn when you're growing up just by interacting with the world. Yeah. Um, and the, and the game has its kind of set uh, set systems. You know, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily realistic, but um, you know the the primary um, one. Of, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of draw these out as as they pop up. But one of like yeah. uh, working thesis I have for this game is that. Um, in some ways, it's a spiritual successor to, or in a lot of ways, to uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. Yes. Um, and one of the ways is that your attack methodology is not you shooting a, it's you repurposing your enemies. Like, essentially, mm-hmm. you're throwing your enemies back mm-hmm. at, uh, at your obstacles and, and opponents, the same way you do in Mario Brothers 2. So you swallow eggs, uh, swallow enemies, turn them into eggs, and, uh, and then you have this kind of moving reticule, that, uh, targeting reticule that uh, moves back and forth to do the angle. And you can lock this in place um, you know, if you need to, but you don't have that kind of fine aim. Like you kind of have to stop it, you know, at the, at the right, at the proper spot. Right. Um, and that's how you're going to fight your enemies and how you're going to solve puzzles and kind of, you know, interact throughout the, the level. Yeah. And, and it's remarkably subtle, I think like just, uh, the, like later, you know, they, they, they kind of add stuff to it that you can always do, but it, it kind of calls it out and makes it necessary as you go along. So you start out doing kind of these gross motions where, you know, just kind of like shoot at the, th- at the thing next to you. And then throughout the course of the game, you're doing like trick shots. And like mm-hmm. by the end of like World 3, like which is entirely dedicated towards teaching you teaching you how to do these, you know, kind of trick shot kind of things. You kind of become like a savant at this stuff mm-hmm. just, by ne- just, just by necessity. And, and you're learning like different enemies. Um, there aren't very many of them. There are a few of them that have different properties um, when you swallow them and throw them. Um, you're learning. You're kind of learning all of that, all of that, uh, all those differences. So that's that's really great. One thing, um, and I don't know why this just occurred to me now. Um, eggs are a way that people procreate. Yeah, it's weird that Yoshi creates these from eating things. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think is going the, on in the, his reproductive those, system? Those are two different like channels through your body. For most people. <laughs> Except for a Yoshi. What in his system is like repurposing meat and bone and like, you know, nutrients into another Yoshi? Like, what a haunting, crazy idea that is. Like, here's a nightmare for you, Cole. Yoshi, so imagine this. Yoshi walks up to a shy guy, you know, like swallows him or whatever. And then, you know, squats out an egg just like a dinosaur and waits nine, you know, three months or whatever the gestation period is, mm-hmm. and then there is a all of the parts of a shy guy, like all of the bones and mask <laughs> and skin, um, chewed up and just reconfigured into like the mold of a Yoshi <laughs> that uh. is born from it, and that is how Yoshi's are born. And then it, it just goes down to the it gets a, like a paint, like a thick coat of some <laughs> candy colored paint. But uh, under uh, under it, they're all just animals that have been swallowed and just kind of like Play-Doh factory molded yeah. into the shape of this the, dinosaur. The, the, the same the, way you might do with a hamburger. Yes, as I make as I make Mickey Mouse hamburgers. Yes, yeah. um, <laughs> No, yeah, just all these shambling homunculi. Um, yeah, which is gross. which is my favorite ska band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the shambling homunculi, man. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, so, so like my, my theory about this. So, so chicken eggs, the eggs that we eat, they're not fertilized. It's basically um, chicken menstruation. Yeah. So all of like I, I, I picture it like like bees, like all the bees that we see, the ones that sting, they're 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 female. So all of the Yoshis that we see outside of the outside of their hives and warrens, they're they're, they're female. 
right? Mm. And mm. so they're, they're, they're just out there throwing their periods at people. Outside their hives and warrants. <laughs> like, it's a real creepy, like, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just had this picture of this, like, uh, just, like, bundle of sticks with all these, like, no, 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 noises coming out of it and just, like, glowing eyes and tongues slathering back and forth and... Like, what does the male Yoshi look like? What kind of, like, creepy... Well, um, its its eyes are not functioning. Um, it's mostly pale. Again, it never leaves its eyes, hives or warrens. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it, some kind of, like, torturous existence as a breeding stud. Exactly. In this female dinosaur-based yeah. society. Yeah, the, 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 the queen Yoshi goes down and takes her pick, has her way with it. Um, and when she's done, she eats it for sustenance so she can, you know, fuel the eggs that will come. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole lot of... See, this is what people should be writing fan fiction about. <laughs> Like, like, use your imaginations, people. Like, Tifa falling is not a good enough idea for a story. Like, give us the true hit, the true story of these Yoshi things, man. <laughs> Come on. Oh, oh, man, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyway, you throw eggs. Yeah. <laughs> um... The uh, what some of the other th- <laughs> um, things that are immediately uh, notable at this point is you have no life meter. Um, you do have coins, so there are coins and collectibles everywhere, which we'll talk about at length, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's no time limit for you or anything like that, and that signals an exploration-based kind of stage structure um, in, in a similar way to I, I think Super Mario World did have a time limit, but it was very generous. Um, this game has a lot of outmoded ideas like that. Um, mm-hmm. Not, not least of which lives. I mean, I don't know when Nintendo needs to get over this, but by the time I started looking at my life meter, I had well over 90. Yeah. And then I finished the game with 130. So. On, a, on, a, on a lucky roulette roll, I, I managed to double my lives and end up with like 176. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it make, you know, there's no reason for there to be lives in this game. You kind of you know you go through this in this first level and you're running into uh, we talked about shy guys like you're running into shy guys so that's just I think that's the developers showing us you know that this has some Mario two DNA in it yes uh, and I'm glad to see them back I like that design a whole lot yeah I was gonna say that I was gonna like I, I was about to make like a bold claim as I am wont to do I, I, I like the shy guys I think that they're one of my favorite Mario enemies um, as, yeah. as, as aesthetically yep they're uh, they're up there I think I like them a little bit less than Bobombs. Yes, um, I'm a real big fan of bombs, but the uh, shy guys are great, and uh, there's all kinds of you know there's new varieties of them, which is just real mm-hmm. delightful. Yeah, and they're just shy guys that happen to be like raised under different environments, which is which, <laughs> which is neat. They're like they're, they're, there's no different species of shy guy. They're just like people, you and I, except for the yeah, masks and robes. Are, yep, except for whatever is under that mask. Again, <laughs> real terrifying. <laughs> we process everything into the grossest, most horrifying possible. Solution. No matter how candy colored and innocent you are, yes. Watch out for fireballs. We'll absolutely <laughs> destroy it and tear it apart. Yeah. Uh, we will ruin your favorite things. I've done with every of my every one of my relationships. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I mean, there's not again like there's not very much to say about this individual level. Like you jump no. on platforms, you collect stuff. Um, there are uh, instead of Yo- kind of taking the place of Yoshi coins from Super Mario World, there are giant sunflowers. Mm-hmm. Um, so you collect you collect five of those. I think you get a one up. Um, there are twenty red coins in each level. Yeah, um, and they just look like um, oftentimes can look just like regular coins. They're slightly different hue. Are they? Yes. You're you're colorblind. Um, so so you you can be forgiven for this. But for us normally sighted folks, um, <laughs> thank sorry. you for forgiving me, people. 
<laughs> Sorry. Like set this with a bomb. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, just, I just wanted to see if I could. Like, I, I love the idea of being prejudiced against colorblind people. Hey, my people have had a. I, I've worked with the blind. I've worked with the full blind man. Um, <laughs> no, um, no, just uh, they, they, they're slightly darker um, hmm. than, than, than the regular ones. So you can spot them. You can pick them out. Sometimes they're just straight up red. I, I usually spot them based on their location. So if they're yeah. in a conspicuous location, like there's like two coins and they're in a hard to get place. I assume yeah. one of them is a red coin. But that was only in the first like couple worlds where I actually cared about getting the collectibles. Yes, because like you know each each level gets a score based on the number of uh, stars that you get or the or the sunflowers or or the or the or the red stars, and those can earn you um, you know if you get enough if you get like a, enough worldwide points. You get access to bonus levels. Um, eventually, you just stop caring about those, especially if you're going through it in a mad dash. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, 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 this game like it, it leverages your care about collectibles in a way that I don't know hap- uh, it probably happened before this, but I, I kind of associate this with later games. It, it leverages your care about these things into a way to lure you to your death. Yes, yeah, that's a, that's absolutely true, and and that gets. Uh exacerbated as the game goes on yeah so you know the, the, the some of them are just and but it had the opposite effect on me and not just because i was playing on a deadline like i just don't play to get everything even though they have dangled you know the greatest possible prize for me which would be more game like i'm, yes. I'm interested in these bonus levels i unlocked a couple of them and i like the ones i played mm-hmm. i watched some of the other ones on youtube and they're a little bit like the uh the special world from super yeah. mario world that's what i was gonna say yeah, and, and that that's awesome to me. I'm really interested in that, but I don't like them hiding it behind this collectible mechanic, really. Yeah. Um, so it was it was a tough decision, but I decided like ah, like, you know. I mean, if you if you compare and contrast the you know Super Mario World one versus two, um, mm-hmm. you know they they both reward exploration. However, you know the the regular Super Mario World, the one that we actually call Super Mario World, um, that is you, you know it rewards you for finding secrets. And right. Yoshi's Island rewards you for finding everything, which right. I think and some is of those less things satisfying. are secrets. Yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. Some of those things are secrets, but it's, some of it's out of your control, too. Like, you mentioned the stars. We haven't talked about those. Um, there's the various ways you can get these little, like, Hardy's mascots, and they're real <laughs> cute. And they have a mechanical effect as well, which is cool. But uh, you can be, you know, be riding with a 100% score in a stage, get hit, you know, one time kind of unluckily, and be fucked out of your perfect score. Mm-hmm. You know, for that, and just because uh, what the the stars do is, so when when you get hit, um, you have uh, you know Mario falls off your back, and you have a countdown, and you default to ten, and uh, you know, and that's how long you have to get him back. And the um, if you get stars, you increase that counter, but they're kind of like a soul or like spirit hearts in Binding of Isaac, like they're not replenishable. Right. It'll always go back up to ten, but anything above ten is temporary hit points, and. Uh, you know, that also counts towards your score kind of perversely. It's not just a mechanical thing, but having 30 right. stars at the end of the stage also counts for you. I don't know how perverse it is to, like, reward you for playing well, like, for, like, for, for, like, for not getting hit. But it's just, not, well, like, like what it, I guess it's perverse in the way that the entire mechanic is perverse in that, <laughs> like, you're uh, hanging up your access to more content based on... Well, I guess not. I guess it's, I mean, in a way, I guess it's the one that isn't perverse. Whereas, like, <laughs> you know, having one red coin in some pipe that's really easy to screw yourself out of being able to get to yeah. is kind of a, a dick move. But this is maybe the only just side of this. <clears throat> yeah. I just I, I just look at, like, the, you know, the, the, the real ramifications of this. So, so we agree that getting to extra content is the best reward. 
you know, more yeah. so than, you know, a Smash Brothers trophy or whatever or an achievement, right? Like more content mm-hmm. always better than, right? Yeah. Um and in Super Mario World, which, you know, I I I was questioning myself throughout the start. I think like, do I like this game more than Super Mario World? I, I had that thought a bunch too. Yeah, just like and, and and I'm not sure where I lie. I think I'm gonna default to, you know, Super Mario World just because. You know, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. As we've established, we we had like a, about 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 like I think uh, thirty people who agreed with us. Yeah, um, you, you know, but like Super Mario World, in order to get in order to get to those like awesome secret levels, you really only had to play each level like twice, right? Right. And in this one, like if you are bad at this game, like I am, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that I'm bad at games, um, especially games where collectibles are involved. You're gonna have to go through this like a bunch of times, and it doesn't it, it doesn't reward your knowledge of like. Oh, that's a different way. Or oh, here's a key. Like there was a thing back there. Like mm-hmm. like l- like like in this way, it just seems like it rewards your observe your observation less. Yeah, and there's some things that are that are straight up, or not some things, many things that are just straight up trial and error. Yeah. Um, especially later, where it becomes you have to uh, fight against your instincts and your intuition and in what order you do things mm-hmm. in order to make these hidden paths appear. So yeah. you have to go. You know, you have to have the inkling that there's something there, and then fuck it up you know <laughs> once but it's it's the levels are huge too mm-hmm. so that's a big difference between super mario world like these levels are really long and they just get longer as the game goes on with multiple yeah. halfway points um they call them middle rings but there are some stages that have four of them yeah so you know they're they're 20 percent rings um <laughs> and and there are also uh auto scrolling levels like uh the, and they get surprisingly frequent as time goes on yeah and and really like one of the other things that's interesting about this game is that it starts off it's it's so candy colored i'm assuming it gets pretty tough yeah, like yeah. some of the platforming you do in the last like couple worlds of this is some of the tougher platforming that you know we've done for the show mm-hmm. that I've actually like actually finished. I mean, you know, the platforming and with the grappling hook and Tumba's were you know is tougher. Yeah, it's harder, but you know, fuck it. Like th- <laughs> this is you know this it ends up being just really uh, you know really difficult while still being a comp- you know mm-hmm. doable. But trying to do it, you know, when you're on one of these auto scrolling stages, you're constantly being tempted by coins and sunflowers that are out of your reach, <laughs> and fuck that shit at some yeah. point. You know, and it mm-hmm. kind of breaks my heart because I would have liked to have played this stuff. I looked at the YouTubes of them; they're real neat. Yeah, but, uh, and I, I feel like when I played this as a youth, I got more of the the special stuff. Me too. Um, so I don't. I think that's a real mixed bag. That like the tying the content to the collectibles in this is kind of something that I'm I'm not a big fan of. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. Um, we're gonna get to it, but I love how hard this game gets. But that's I do too. Like it, it always feels real good. I wish they were a little bit uh, more generous with uh, the middle rings. There are a yeah. couple point like middle rings that are right after really tough points. Yes. Like if this had a half life style check life or check uh, check life, yes, yes, it had, if, uh, yeah, check checkpoint system. Mm-hmm. Like you know where every kind of major set of challenges there'd be a, a save point before and after. So it's just about trying that part over and over. I would have been a little bit happier with it, um, but it's it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So World One Two, yeah. <laughs> um, this is this is one of the things the game does that I really like, where it subverts your expectations of Mario tropes. Yes. So like you you see familiar Mario uh, entities the same way in the very first stage of Super Mario World. You have that gigantic bullet bill that signals <laughs> to you that like the game is going to be different. Um, this one there are chain chomps. You see a little like uh, warning sign that shows chain chomps and a down arrow, and you think, oh, chain chomps. And then when you walk forward, they're fly, they're launching themselves from the background into the foreground and just destroying large swaths of ground, like yeah. making more difficult platforming. And it's great. Yeah. Like it's really, really, really cool. 
And it does that. I mean, and it, and it opens up paths to get those collectible items. And if mm-hmm. you care, which at this point I did still, um, you know, because I was playing a couple weeks ago. It's like, awesome, great. All you have to do is wait and find a safe place and just hope that you get the, yeah. But uh, chain, chain shops in this game, they're, they're, they're terrain-deforming machines. And uh, yeah. the, 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 this changes the platforms from being kind of these static things to uh, something that can change uh, on you relatively quickly, like more so than, you know, the moving platforms in Butterbridge or whatever. Um, and it, just, uh, it, it feels a little bit more chaotic. It feels a little bit more um, dynamic, active, and alive. And uh-huh. uh, it's neat, um, even though this particular thing only happens about like three or four more times throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just, it, like you said, it just it tells you like all bets are off as far as like what you can expect, at least as far as these go. It's also real neat that the background is inter- interacting with the foreground. Yes. In that way, and you can kind of keep your eye on the background and, and keep, you know, it has this nice parallax scrolling mm-hmm. going on the, during this. And it's, it's, it's a real standout in this in this first world. Probably not the standout level, which is, is coming up shortly, I think. Yes. Um, or near the end, actually, of the first world. But mm-hmm. one of the, the standout moments in this first level. Yeah. So uh, do you feel like we can, like, skip to the mid-fort? Mid, mid because this yeah, is... Yeah, uh, I have nothing to say about the cave of Chomp Rock. Yeah. I don't remember it very well at all. I think it's where they're just introducing that you push those giant boulders. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is neat. I yeah. like that. And they have like a nice sense of momentum, and later mm-hmm. there are some fun puzzles with those. But Yes. But uh, like this game, and you know the the, the existence of mid bosses uh, or, or these or these mid fortresses, uh, really um, you know underlines this. This game is chock full of bosses. Yeah, and they're great. Yeah, like and again, that's another thing. So when I talk about uh, callbacks to Super Mario Brothers two, one of the, you know if you think about the Mario games, like they're not known for their bosses. No, no. Like if you think about Mario three, it's like yes, you had a distinct boss for every world. Are they that different? Is like Windy O Koopa that much more interesting than Ludwig Van Koopa? No. Nope. Like one of them throws some rings, one of them's on a ball. Like it's not that cool. Um, Mario Brothers 2, however, had really, really neat bosses. Mm-hmm. And I think that game doesn't get that much credit for that. Nope. Like uh, I oftentimes think back to the um, the first Mauser. I think that's the name of the character, the, the giant mouse that, with the sunglasses. Yeah, bombs, yeah. Yeah. And during that boss, you're like, or, or the, uh, the Hydra, mm-hmm. like you're building a temporary fort out of yeah. blocks to, you know, <laughs> to block its line of sight while still keeping it. Like, it's really, really creative. And this game brings that back. Like, What's... I think this is the, the fine, finest boss battles in a Mario game. Yeah. Uh, just and, and the way that, I mean, they feel like tests, right? Mm-hmm. And just you know, t- teaching these different principles, especially with the you know with the egg throwing and you know learning how to bang shots, etc. They're they're all different. They're all functionally different. Like if you compare this to uh, to, to the Resnors from uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know from Super Mario World, it's just it's just night and day. Yep, yep. And as much as I love Super Mario World, that was like not a not a, a strong point. It's not a of, thing. Of and this is these are just all if they're not you know play mechanically really interesting. They're visually really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the boss fights are great, and this even even that principle that like Mario has kind of shitty bosses, um, you know, even extends into the newer games. Like I'm, you know, a noted fan of the Mario Galaxy games. Yep. But the bosses almost oh not always, but almost always uh, are some variation of, you know, uh, running around a planetoid, being chased by something. Yeah. Or you know having it like they're, they're real real formulaic. Where yeah. this I feel like is a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, including uh, Bert the Bashful. Yes, whose uh, pants are his health bar. Yep, <laughs> well, much like King Hippo, like you want this guy's pants down. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, 
<laughs> no, I, I can't remember anything like specific about this, but it's like, oh, that's that's such an awesome presentation thing. Um, mm-hmm. Just and something in general about the bosses and you know a large number number of the enemies too. Large sprites equal better than, like. <laughs> yeah. Like, like just the, the, the just these big, beautiful things. Like, just uh, you know, no matter how pixelated they are, they're so mm-hmm. bright and boldly colored, and uh, they're they're full of character. This is just such an excellently designed game, and like you know, they're they're not afraid to put it like right in your face and make it take up like half of the screen. Can you think of like an example of a game that subverts that? Like that is like a small boss. <sighs> like I was just thinking about like what it would be like to play in a game where like an enemy is like this tiny thing and is still like a boss encounter tonberries oh yeah i guess tom but yeah that's a good that's a pretty good uh a thing yeah yeah tonberries are a pretty good example of that or a cactar like yeah. those are not bosses but are you know serious encounters <laughs> they're cactars but there's also the colossal cactar yeah then they bring in giant cactar which is real cool when it comes in but like yeah the idea of them being kind of like tiny mm-hmm. is neat um yeah. this game kind of plays with that a little bit later yeah in another standout moment mm-hmm Oh man, can we just take a moment and say how much we like this game? Like, yeah, I, I feel, I yeah. feel, I feel fine talking about generalities, right? Right, you know, right now. I was looking back at the at, at the roster of games that we've done. Um, mm-hmm. This might be one of like maybe two or three that I would unequivocally say is like a great game through and through that I could yeah. like take to somebody who is like only partially acquainted with video games and recommend to them as more than like a historical important, uh, a historically important thing. Yep, it's it stands up in a way that like very few platformers are this good, mm-hmm. you know. And one of them is Super Mario World, so it's like it's already got that going. <laughs> that already narrows the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really really great example of like the finest of this 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 genre. And uh, all together, just like and it's also it's got the thing where it's the whole package where like I mean we're kind of complaining about the, uh, the collectathon angle. Like if you have to look for nitpicks, um, I like the music in it. I wish there were more than three songs. Yeah. Like I got you know a little frustrated with the constant repetition of of the the music. I wish it was area based rather than just like here's a theme for above ground and here's a theme for below ground. Right. Um, but even the music within it is really good. Yeah. Uh, but like aesthetically, you know, aesthetically, mechanically, it, it's 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 real top of the pops. It's definitely one of the best games we've done. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say probably a top three, and we yeah. don't need to get into a whole ranking thing. Do you want to get high? <laughs> Because I have a way for you to get high. Yeah? <laughs> By touching fuzzy, then you get yeah. dizzy. Oh, hey, like a fun high, not like a, a scary uh, drug dealing high. Not, not a scary Yoshi Warren's high, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. The uh, that's, a, that's a great level. Um, right before that, you do get introduced to Shy Guys on Stilts. Yes, you do. There's a level called Shy Guys on Stilts that just features Shy Guys on Stilts, yeah. which I really like. Yeah, um, the names in the like the names of levels like they're they're one half like crazy translation. I don't want to say bad translation. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I am I, I am a uh, a fan of unnecessary bangs in titles. Mm-hmm. Um, as as you know indicated by the title of this show, which it, it is always with an exclamation point at the end. Yeah, like like always. I don't think we've ever delivered it with an exclamation point mm. at the end. But we're just not very exclamation point people. No, no, we're we're we're, we're we we roll slow. Um, how, no. how, how different would the show be if it was called "Watch Out for Fireballs"? And, <laughs> and we just did, we just delivered all of it like that. <laughs> every every single sentence, yeah. Um, no, but I love I, I love how descriptive the, uh, the 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 titles of the levels are in this game. You're listening to "Watch Out for Fireballs," <laughs> our retro video games podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, My sorry. name's Cole. 
Yeah. <laughs> we had to do an alternate take where every every question mark after we replace like search replace all the punctuation. Yes. In our in our meticulous script. I'm not going to do that. That'll take forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's the joke. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone's picking up on what that is. Um, okay. But if you, yeah. So, so the uh, so the touch of fuzzy get dizzy I think is the standout level of uh, this world. Yeah. Oh show. Oh show. You have these cute little puffy things. Uh, they're kind of like dandelion spores uh, that, <laughs> that that float around. It is an inevitability that you will uh, hit them and uh, uh, suffer their effects. It's kind of a I'm, I'm going to use a TV tropes uh, term here. An interface screw. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like getting drunk in EverQuest. Uh, makes everything all wavy and goofy, and uh, you kind of have this uh, stumbly momentum to you, kind of like if you're drunk or something. But you it's know? not just; it doesn't just look wavy. Like the ground is actually moving in waves, deforming. Yes, so, like, yeah, it's actually deforming. The whole world is is bending and and crumbling, you know, to the effects of your drunk. And one of the things you might be trying to get away from touching these things because you don't want to get dizzy. <laughs> uh, so I, the first time I ran, and I should have known better than to try to swallow one. Um, but I just wanted to get it out of the way, thinking of it as like a normal enemy, and that immediately put you under the effects of the fuzzy. Um, you can hit them with an egg and get rid of them, um, so it is possible to. And later, there's a later level where like I did my damnedest and managed to avoid touching these things. Oh wow! Because I really didn't want to touch them because it was a tough platforming bit. Yeah, and it is possible, but it's very difficult. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's it, it's a it's an awesome like demonstration of the tech here. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, there's so many things that show up in this game that I just like I wish that this came earlier in the in the in, in the uh, console generation so like more stuff would have taken from it like mm-hmm. so, like so much this feels like a tech demo to me yeah. like look what we can do with this awesome technology that is dead in six months yeah which is Fuck. which is really a shame and then like yeah. didn't get carried on to later like a lot of this stuff I feel like you can only really see it here right like even when they were doing uh, you know two D based uh you know platformers and end games on the playstation in that era like i don't remember seeing very much very much like this you right. know like they're just it's very rare so it's it's really kind of unique in that way um and and i don't i mean i'm not going to say i'm not going to go to go to war on that hill like i don't i can't guarantee that but i i just cursory search of my memory i'm not finding another game that does this no we're we, we are right uh unequivocally uh that is a thing we say and we stand by it and i will die on that hill um Oh. Yes. No, I, I won't do that. That is that is a silly thing to say. Um, yes. But no, it's neat. It's a, it's a nice gimmick for this level, and it's something that shows up later. Uh, it's not like Poochie, where it only shows up once and then goes away forever. Except uh, for in my dreams. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, so is Poochie in World 1? Uh, I think so. Well, no, he, he has a lo- doesn't he have a level named after him? Yes, not. No, no, he doesn't. Yeah, no. I yeah. when I was typing up the notes, I didn't see anything like that. Uh, so should... The thing you learn about Poochie is that he's a rocking dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not rocking. He's in a weird little bonus side thing of either early on in World Two or late of Level One. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, a moving platform. Uh, what shaped. Vaguely like a dog, <laughs> but in a real nightmare way. Yeah, I think on the Facebook group I described him as a like as is he has a boneless face structure, like a Lovecraft monstrosity, <laughs> just like mm-hmm. like 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 flappy vagina lips kind of thing. Yeah, he's got he's got a big old face labia, <laughs> and and the it's like a Yoshi ate him and then just digested the bones and then just like. <laughs> <laughs> Squire out an egg with a, like the sack of dog skin. Uh, Find a uh, make sure there's a Google image search of this thing in the show notes. 
because <laughs> it, people need to see it. So anywho, um, so you get to an M boss with a salvo, the slime thing. I want to talk about him later because he shows up as a regular. Yes, enemy. in um, one of our favorite uh, video game tropes, I suppose, for yes. lack of a better word, um, boss as enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we're into World 2, which kind of has like not a really strong overarching theme. It's no. kind of introducing more, more enemies. I kind of wish this uh, game had a desert level. Yeah, it, it definitely lacks that. I'm glad it doesn't have a fire level. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it could have used a, uh, a desert level. I agree with that. Yeah, with a, with um, a crazy attack and sun. Yeah. yeah. And if anything, this introduces some Mario enemies that are not from Mario 2. So you run into yes. Koopas and you run into Boos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, including the uh, the first... Uh, so just real quick, um, the second level you're introduced to the, the baseball boys, which I think are some of the most annoying enemies in the game. Yeah. Um, and anything of that type, really, like all of the sports enemies, uh, get a little bit old. Um, yeah. And I think the bandits are kind of of that same genus, oh, if the not the same species. Real fucking, obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. They'll, 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 there's they'll, a level about those guys. We'll, we'll talk about those guys that, you know, when we get there. Yeah, as well. I suppose we will. Mm. But the, the, the baseball boys are like just different sports-related enemies that, um, you know, the, they react to your eggs the same way. You know, they have kind of a set move. So they're, they're hitting a, a, a swinging a baseball bat or, th- or, you know, being a catcher and throwing the ball. And they do this with your with your eggs. So they're real difficult to, to get out of the way. But sometimes they throw eggs mm-hmm. at you. And they uh, they don't hurt you, but they do give you a Mega Man knockback. Yes, and it's always in the worst kind of areas that the, these guys are are placed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, did they have the uh, the reticle with uh, with, with their throws, kind of like other enemies do? Uh, um, I can't. I don't think so. I don't think these guys have the reticle. I think just yeah. the uh, the odd prana plants and the lakudu lakudus. Yes, do. yes. I like it when they have the reticle. Because it it, because it indicates like that it's that it's actually like diegetic in the world, mm-hmm. so to, to where when anybody's about to throw something, a crosshair appears over where it's going to land. It indicates that uh, Yoshi has like a targeting computer yeah. on his onboard hard drive. <laughs> He's well, essentially a Terminator. Well, well, for- really, how else are you going to give like a ball of meat and bone consciousness? Right? Yeah, it's a computer, just like an animated. Yes. Uh, uh, what are called in like in Shadowrun? There's like the zombies that are just kept alive by can computer brains uh you are shadowrun person yeah yeah there's something i can't no. i'm shadowrun person i can't remember what they're called but <laughs> yeah they're they're, they're they're down on their borg warrens yes mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. yeah baseball boys they suck be be yeah. beaver boys yeah, yeah they, they they're not the, i wish they were beaver boys <laughs> white wine shrimp yeah. cocktail yeah um, dipping a shrimp into a cup of white wine. Um, you get up at the, the midway point for this is nice because you run into yeah. the booze. And this game doesn't have like a, a consistent repeating haunted house element the same way other Mario's yeah. do. Um, it just kind of does like its own little riff on it once, which is real fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, your expectations. It's interesting because the, the boss of this, which is a giant boo, behaves the way that we have been trained to learn that, you know, boos behave. But you have to overlap that with how your eggs work. Now, so it's like you know. Previously, uh, you know, a boo. If I was facing it, it would turn. Uh, it would freeze. This one turns intangible. Yes. Um, so you need to be facing away from it. So you have to use the ricocheting from your shots to to attack the boo. Yes, to hit him while he's corporeal and coming after you. Mm-hmm. And it's really neat. Yeah. No, it's 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 great. And he's one of those big transparent bosses that I like so much. Um, I don't know if I like him as much as the one that comes at the end of the of the of the world. Um, in terms of like mechanics and just kind of like, oh, that is a neat and novel boss fight. But uh, as a as a way to like leverage your knowledge of the way that booze work, uh, it's a, it's a neat treat for fans. 
mm-hmm. of, of the genre. Yep, I, th- we'll love. I think. So. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think so as well. Um, that last level um, that you're talking about, because there's kind of like the there's a lot of filler in this yeah. in this world. Like, they're fun stages, but they're nothing nothing that interesting. I'm sure it's granularly granularly introducing little mechanics that you know we're skipping over. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like there there's a little bit of like it, it introduces some of the backtrackiness that I will come to kind of not be in love with later. Um, mm-hmm. It gets real excessive in World uh, in World Three, but like if you look at the cave of the mystery maze or something like that, um, and yeah. the Lakitu's wall, that gets a little bit unnecessary too. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, just as like the ghost world um, with Blues Hammer and whatnot, it gets to be uh, it's, it's you know that that's his gimmick, and yep. really anything that involves ghosts, awesome, great. Everything else is kind of like Green Hill Zone Part Two, maybe. Yeah. And until you get to the, the final stage where there's yes. a couple different elements that are introduced. Um, <laughs> one of the, the coolest ones is that, uh, so this whole time you've been trained to collect sunflowers. And uh, you run into these. Well, they're more uh, like daisies, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I, I previously referred to them as, as sunflowers, but they are more like daisies. Um, and there's one, there are enemies that look a little bit like them, but are actually uh, grimacing monsters. <laughs> and uh, will we'll fall down and attack you as you attempt to collect them. Yeah, they roll like the pinwheel, uh, or like the like the wheel skeletons from Dark Souls. Yeah, it's, the bone uh, wheels? Yeah, the bone wheels. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really jarring the first time it happens. Like, you can tell, like, a little bit, like, in your lizard brain, recognizing patterns and stuff, that they're not quite rocking to you know mm-hmm. in time to the music like the other ones do then and, and they're not smiling but when they drop it's like blah, 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 you know rolling <laughs> after you you know just uh just you know mumbling obscenities at you as they like their lips and whatnot uh coming after yoshi and his cloaca um <laughs> you, you know it's uh but yeah it's it's, it's it really it really throws you off guard and they show up in spades later yeah yeah they're they're in, in most in a lot of the worlds yeah for that um, and then you, you know, after navigating your way through that, you get to the boss fight of, of this. Yes, um, he's uh, the potted ghost, is what, is, is what they call him, and he really is that. He's a ghost that is bound to a pot, and mm-hmm. there are shy guys that are pushing you, or the, that are pushing him rather uh, toward you. Can he do damage to you? I forget if that's the case. I think maybe he can, but when you're close enough to be pushing, he yes. can't. He can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's more the more the issue. It's a really yeah. easy boss fight. It's mm-hmm. just really creative and cool. Yeah, you know, and how non combaty it is. Mm-hmm. Because because you're not trying to like throw eggs at this thing. You're trying to so, so there there are these shy guys that are pushing. It's like a tug of war. So you want mm-hmm. to push this ghost off of the ledge, but you have to throw eggs in order to knock these not knock these shy guys out. So you're not outnumbered anymore. So you can just push them off the ledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, real neat. And, and there are later boss fights too, where it's it's not so much about just doing the damage to the enemy, but kind of solving these problems. Yeah, managing the environment really. Yeah, real cool. Yeah. Um, world three, you haven't noted in the notes here as your least favorite world. Mine too. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page. That. This is really annoying. It's really some bullshit. Yeah, uh, because it's like the jungle mud world, and it has these monkeys that are adorable. I I like a monkey. They're cute. But uh, mm-hmm. they're also kind of bullshit. Like they'll drop atomic yeah. bombs on you, and they uh, they spit they spit uh, watermelon seeds at you. It just it's it's really it's really sucky. Yeah, they're real assholes. And the, <laughs> the, man, when we're talking about those dropping atomic bombs, like there's a couple of areas in this where you're on those uh, rotating Ferris wheel style platforms, mm-hmm. jumping from one to another, which are full of enemies while guys are dropping atomic bombs on you. This was the first like challenging. Yeah. World. Like it's it's not shitty because it because it's challenging. But it's no. shitty and it's challenging. 
Yes. You're, you're not a shitty drummer because you have one arm. <laughs> you're a shitty drummer and you have one arm. <laughs> um, I don't want you to think I hate you because of your car accident. Yeah, yes. For a while, I thought that that guy lost his arm in a shark attack, which would have made oh, him I, even better. Yeah, that would have been that would have been cool. I wasn't necessarily talking about uh, Def Leppard. <laughs> Uh, I was talking about that Mr. Show sketch. Oh but shit! The, uh, okay, yeah, the, but the, it's also it's also true that and that guy's a good drummer for somebody with no arm. With yeah, arm. no, no. You see, yeah. he's 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 so brave. He's an inspiration to us all. You thought um, it was a shark attack? I, for for some reason, I did because <laughs> because that seemed like the most metal thing. <laughs> it's, real, it's real metal. Did they seem like a band that warranted the most metal? No, no, they did. <laughs> like, I was young. <laughs> I, was, I was I was young. Um, yeah. yeah, we had to wait until we had to play that game for Abject Suffering. Presumably, they have a game, and then we'll be able to. I was going to say, why not? Like, yeah. let's do that now. <laughs> let's take a break in the middle of this and do like a let, let's do like a live playthrough of this. <laughs> the, the, the Def Leppard game is it yeah. Def Leppard or is it? Uh, there's another band that or Van Halen. Yes, I always get confused between those two. <laughs> well, yeah. I wonder why. Um. <laughs> <laughs> any, 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 anyway, yeah, no, you're you're not shitty because you have monkeys, but uh, these monkeys are real shitty. Yeah, they're they're real assholes. But luckily, uh, I think both the boss fights in this level are pretty good. Yeah. Oh gosh, they're so fantastic. Yeah. Um, um, specifically, this is this was the one where I think back to how awesome Yoshi's Island boss fights are. Mm-hmm. This is the one I think of is uh, Prince Froggy's Fort. Yes. Or this is incredible. Better known as Froggy's Inside Story. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yep. uh, to, to, to your earlier point about bosses that are small, like, you know, the, the level to this, not that not that fantastic, but you show up and, you know, you see this little tiny frog and you think that, okay, it's the, the regular song and dance comic is going to shoot him and he's going to grow big and I'm going to fight him. And instead he shrinks you and Froggy eats you. Yep. <laughs> and, you, and you do the entire level inside his stomach. And uh, not, not the entire like, level, the entire boss fight or the entire boss fight. Rather. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. It could have been very different. And yeah. uh, dodging like bits of stomach acid yep. dripping down as he continues to eat shy guys, <laughs> um, which says a little bit about the ecology of this island. A little um, bit. Yeah. But uh, it's great. You're just you're just trying to hit his. Uh, is it uvula? What is that? Yes, uh, that is the uvula. Yeah. yeah, just trying to hit his uvula with shy guys. While and the uh, his stomach contracts as you do so, so you have mm-hmm. less room to dodge. It contracts and he gets a little bit more acid reflux. Yep. Yeah, they're trying to catch him riding Gertie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But- yeah, it's it's wonderful. And then you get shit out That's- um, in what's clearly like a rectum, like yeah, like clearly, <laughs> like, like what was the thought process? Was that yeah. to their mind less disturbing than you going out the top because the, they the were original- making a statement? <laughs> the original draft was you growing back to full size while still in the stomach. <laughs> And wearing his skin and bones like a bloody tuxedo. Um, and then they were just like, let's tone that down, Miyamoto. And he just rubbed his hands together and, and panted. And, yeah. and they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, they could have very easily just had him puke. Yeah. You know, or just like, you know, real card, like cartoon Fade to black. black. Yeah. Except we, we know he gets out. Yeah. You don't have to draw the picture. You don't have to have him go down like, you know, an, an anus. Yeah, Nintendo. no, no country for old Yoshi's. It's better if it happens off screen, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, 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 like, like how many, like how many vores did this spawn? Okay, oh, all of them. Like, were, were there <laughs> vores before this? Like, I would gotta do a study of that. 
where this like it was the the entire genesis of the concept of a belly room and, and, and <laughs> oh no of, i was about ready to lay some vor science on people but it sounds like you've got the phd son <laughs> <laughs> a belly room yeah, is, is, is that like uh, yeah. is that like the fucking TARDIS, but it's got like your yesterday's chicken wings in it? <laughs> it's just it's just a it's just a belly. It's just a stomach. <laughs> but it's just that's what it's called when you when you ride around in somebody's stomach in Vor. Yes, I know Vor. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I hate Vor. This is the thing that constantly happens when I try to explain this to my coworkers. Like I'll my coworker my coworker <laughs> my coworkers will say like something. You know, reference something that could be uh, part of the dark corners of the internet, and like much like our friend Lou of Lou reads the internet, I I love those corners of the internet. Oh yeah, we, so, we, anthropologically, I'm amazed by Vor. It's fucking incredible. Yep. Like it's as incredible as those fish that can change shapes or that bird that makes the camera clicking noise. Like, if you weren't a human and were looking at humans, you would examine people who are into Vor the same way you would those nature documentary subjects. Um, so, but and they just like every time I say like, yeah, it's war. Some people like to pretend to eat people with their assholes and then masturbate about it. And they're like, oh, Gary's into something. And oh god, I'm, no, I'm not into it. I just think it's amazing. It is intellectual curiosity. <laughs> and know. please ignore my raging erection, please. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, and, and I just happen to be turned on by intellectual curiosities. So I'm masturbating. So what? <laughs> Furiously. So what, guys? Fire me if you will. <laughs> I'm masturbating at work because we're talking about vor. I've got three words for you. Deal with vor, okay? Listen, between you, me, and Dupree, this shit turns me on. And I'm going to take care of it, or else I'm going to be distracted. I'm not going to be able to do good work. So <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> Another note: the froggy's a prince. He's wearing a little crown. Yeah, he, he, you are committing regicide. <laughs> Press five. get annoyed by some monkeys for a little while yeah for 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 a good long while until you get to trick shots trick shot central yep 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 naval piranhas castle which i thought was because you know he was a maritime piranha plant but actually he's got a he's got a really sore belly button that's got a little uh good little bandage over it i thought it was because he was a deleted boss for metal gear solid <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're full of beans tonight <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. Yeah, just, no, it's good. It's good. You know, I like it. Um, I like uh, I, I like the the, the pre boss bark from comic. Give it up, Yoshi. You cutie without a navel. Oops, <laughs> forget it. So, <laughs> um, like I, I thought they like comic was like harboring some kind of like swim fan crush on you <laughs> um, at this point, but actually no, he's giving you a hint for the boss. So, yeah. whoops. Yeah. Um, Even but, though it does like it does. You know, Yoshi's don't have. Well, I guess Yoshi's wouldn't have navels because they don't. They lay eggs. Yeah. Never yeah. mind. I was gonna get into some Kyle XY stuff with them. Sky, yeah. Kyle, like, like the like the Disney show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's Disney. Is that, there are no really ads for it in my in comic books where it's like some you know guy who looks like Justin Bieber lifting up his shirt and not having a belly button. Ah, okay. Huh. So are they trying to say that Kyle's a male with the Kyle XY? I think they're just trying to. I think it's just a title of somebody who knows a little bit about genetics. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. Kojima. Um, um, <laughs> but uh, what, what, what I love about this boss fight um, is that it involves uh, ricochets uh, and also skipping off of water. So yeah, you have things, to uh, ricochets you learned way before, and skipping off water you learned during this uh, during yeah. this castle, which I think is woefully underutilized. Actually, yeah, I wish that I, it was used a little bit more. 
it's neat that the eggs behave that way, though. Yeah. Like, that, that's a really cool... Uh, they you know, very easily could have not done that, but instead they decided to uh, incorporate it. As, uh, as, as, a, as a person who, you know, when I was a boy, I liked to go to my grandma's lake and skip stones. I was like, awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Midwest. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's real neat. Like, he's, he's a giant piranha plant who's going to be throwing things at you and trying to hurt you, and you need to uh, ricochet eggs off the wall un- into the platform under him to hit his belly button, much like a, a King Koopa or a King, uh, King Hippo. Yeah, and you can tell it's his weak spot because it has a Band-Aid over it, which is a refreshing, uh, refreshing turn from, you know, like, it glows red, so hit it. Yeah, Go. what, what, what would, what would uh, video games look like if, if like, these alien... You know, monstrosities you're blasting away at and like Gears Wars and stuff just had band-aids where you're supposed to hit them instead of, you know, going right spots. I was about to like go on this whole bit about like when I was young, I was obsessed with band-aids. I think it was punch out because like as you got more injured, you got uh, like, you know, band-aids put Mm -hmm. on you. Um, So I would like waste all my family's band-aids putting on on me like after pretend fights when Mm -hmm. I was like four or five, you know. I've used band-aids before to make like cast for G.I. Joe's. Oh, yeah, I did that, too. Man, the, 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 there's like this um, shared history that I think all kids have in, in a certain time or place. Um, hmm. That's a bit of did a logical you, dead end. So continue. Did you ever make uh, armor or weapons out of aluminum foil? Oh, shit. Figures? For, for fucking real, man. Yeah. 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 That was a, that was a big thing for me as yeah. well. Super fun. Yeah. 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 So World 4, it's kind of like World 2 in that it's not very remarkable thematically. Like it's yeah. fall. Like the you know there there's dead leaves, but that's about it. There are mm-hmm. mountains. Um, one of the interesting so the first level of this this Go Go Mario level the the equivalent of the invincibility star um, in this operates in a different way where you turn into like Super Baby Mario, <laughs> and you can run up uh, run on uh, walls and ceilings, and are invincible. But it has this incredible short duration. So every time yeah. you get to one of these levels, it's about uh, managing the space between the invincibility stars. Yeah. Um, and really adorably, the Invincibility Star is a tiny version of the Invincibility Star <laughs> that you have as an adult. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's kind of like the vehicle power-ups, you know, the David Cronenberg, I'm a train now, um, <laughs> things. Um, and, and that it really is about, you know, time and managing your risk versus reward of, do I go for those red coins or do I go for the Yoshi block that is yeah. uh, right here, you know? But uh, after going through a couple levels that are not... Uh, not particularly noteworthy. Um, you end up um, at um, marching don't, don't look back is actually kind of interesting. Not only because it's a Terry Kavanaugh game that's really good and everybody should play it. Um, uh, but remind uh, me which one that is. Like the title is not. That is, I believe, it's the first one that 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 brings in the uh, the limited use platforms where they have oh, the, where yeah. they have the numbers on them. So like, you, if you jump on one that has a one on it and you jump off of it, it'll explode. But if it has a two, so basically you, you can only stand on them the number of times that that they display. Yeah, that that's great. Yeah, I love those things. It's real Mega Man. Yeah, like I feel like Mega Man has a similar. Um, you can you get an you get an item in a Mega Man that creates those mm-hmm. that have propellers on the bottom that have a number the same way. Yeah, um, and but those you can create it. Yeah, that's a really great uh, great mechanic. And I wish they did a little bit more of that. Like some of the um, you know uh, that kind of slow considered movement mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often in this game. No, it doesn't. But it, but it also like you know encourages forward momentum like in a much more subtle way than uh, than, than like auto scrolling does. Um, and, and something similar is the the big gray blocks that will you know fall slowly as you as you kind of like rustle them out of place by landing on them. 
Well, I think those those ones definitely can uh, uh, encourage forward momentum. But the the numbered blocks, once you land on one, you can take as much time as you want to yeah. decide where you're going to go. And they kind of have, you know, it's it, that's a, an actual decision you're making. Whereas the the blocks that take a moment and fall are real fun. And then later there are a couple of times where chomps are chasing you, which are really fun levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, these ones are it's much more puzzly. And then kind of later things are more reflex based. And, and they show up a little bit later on. And whenever they show up later, they have big chain chomps. That's, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's what I'm talking about where they chase you. And, and those yeah. are real fun. The, the, um, and we'll just, we're already in it. We'll just talk about it. Yeah. The, uh, the last part of that level. Do you remember which what level that, what that one's called? Uh, let me take a look here real quick. But uh, I, I love when they get to the end of a line of them and they hit like a solid platform and their teeth yep. crack. <laughs> yep. it's keep it's keep moving it's the second it's the last regular level of the game yeah that that's a wonderful level because and mm-hmm. then the end so you're you're running on those little platforms that have the numbers on them um so they you know there's no stopping you don't want to stop but it just adds a sense of urgency yeah and then they make uh increasingly difficult uh obstacles as you're doing it so until eventually you're jumping between them mm-hmm. and it's a lot like the dragon chase in Mega Man 2 yeah yeah oh man yeah. i love that yeah it was really that's real cool that's one of my favorite levels in the game mm-hmm of Mega Man Two or this? Um, of this. Okay. And Mega Man Two, like I like it, but yeah, you know, Mega Man Two is great. Yep. Um, but uh, Marching Milde, 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 Milde. Yes, Marching Milde. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting level because it's kind of a marathon slash sampler. Um, so you kind of like drop down into, into this kind of cross area um, where you have to go through four different kind of sections of this of this castle and each of them kind of has an elemental affiliation um and at the end of each you pick up a key and you can advance through the uh through the, the critical path of of this towards the boss uh but you invariably have to go through all four of them mm-hmm. um and they're all kind of it's kind of a, a peek at things to come as far as like how challenging things are going to get especially the uh, the lava one yeah the lava one's real tough that's what i was going to bring up where you, you knock down the bucket yeah and you have to uh yeah, which has a question mark on it for some reason. It I, does. I, I don't know why it does. Um, uh, how is he rowing the lava one? Just, just willpower, telekinetics, okay. undoubtedly. Like you know, the, the, he's Yoshi X Y. Like he has all these. <laughs> does he have some kind of gas bladder that he that, that just that, that just kind of like spell expels from like the base of his spine? Like not <laughs> like not even any any of the usual orifices that you would expect to find on uh, being of Earth, but uh, you know, yeah, like a Starcraft unit. Yeah, yeah, he's got like yeah. a gas bladder. Yeah, I assume that's true. Um, yeah, which helps him remain neutrally buoyant, uh, you know, because he is made of zephyrum. He would actually float in regular, <laughs> you know, in, in our regular atmosphere. Right. I don't even and, and, <laughs> go ahead. I don't even know. I think we collect all of this stuff somehow. I would mean, a lot of conjecture on the Yoshi. I feel like somehow she has some kind of value, like kind of a coffee table book. <laughs> Consider the majestic Yoshi. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I like this this little like you know take care of all four four keys better than one that happens later. I lucked um, out on the one that happens later, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't I didn't do too badly with that one. Does this one? Maybe I'm thinking of this one. Does this one have the thing with the the pipes? Yes, it does. Where you have to fight the um, the boss from the beginning. You end up in that one room where you have to fight him with a limited number of eggs. Maybe. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's a there's an area where there's a key. There's a slime. There are these slimes that kind of bounce around. They can't hurt you. And they mm-hmm. shrink a little bit when they get hit by an egg. Mm-hmm. And usually they generate enemies for yeah. you to get on the eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that took me a bunch of tries. Yeah. And that, I got real frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't, you don't have enough control over Like, the idea is you need to 
hit shoot the eggs um, so they bounce and hit him on multiple passes. Mm-hmm. And I think each time you throw an egg, they have to hit him on at least two or three, or you're not going to be able to kill him in time. Yes. Um, and it was just I was just got really frustrated by it because mm-hmm. you know he would move very unpredictably. Um, you know the ricocheting would would happen in a, a predictable fashion, but after. You know, I'm not an AI. Like, I can't predict ricochets <laughs> after two or three bounces. Right. Um, you know, and I got really frustrated with that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of two or three bounces, so do you know what the difference is between the different colors of eggs? Because they change color as you bounce them. There, No, I don't. And there's some weird hidden alchemy in this game, too. Did you figure out what the flying shy guys were that glowed? Like no. the sparkling ones? No. You ran into them though, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I wasn't just, it's not just Jacob's Ladder and I'm just secretly <laughs> I'm dead. I'm drinking And Elizabeth Thea Pena is fucking yeah. you as a demon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. yeah. I never figured out what those guys were. Um, you know, it's just, there's a couple weird little mechanics in this game I don't totally understand. Yeah. No, it's it's real mysterious, which is befitting for a Mario game of this era. But uh, yeah. I was just curious if you knew because I could have fact it, but, you know, effort. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I liked Marching Mill Day. Um, so is 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 she kind of like the uh, uh, what, what is it from the first from, from the first birth the bashful? Except she splits every time you uh, every time you bounce on her. Yeah, it's very yep. similar. It's like a real derpy spherical enemy. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. It just becomes about um, yeah. It's similar to um, I've been doing on the YouTube. I'm doing these Binding of Isaac Let's Plays. Yeah. So I've been playing that more again. And it's just like the envy boss fights where you just want to concentrate on the smallest ones you have available. Yeah. To just uh, you know uh, reduce the total number of entities on the screen. Yeah, um, because because each of them can damage you just uh, just the same. Yep. Yeah. And, but the action, like the the just kind of the momentum and the the rhythm of of them when you jump on them. That feel just feels really nice. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of like increasing tension and then pop into two. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just like the, the, the way this game feels is, uh, you know, is real wonderful. Yeah. Like everything just kind of reacts in the way that you want it to in mm-hmm. a real pleasing way. Real nice physicality. What, what would mm-hmm. you say about the traversal? Um, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's excellent. <laughs> okay. I'd say it's, I, I would say it's, uh, you know, it's got a great, uh, you know, I'd give it a five out of five hair razors. Okay. What about the, uh, what about the ludo narrative dissonance? Um, I'd say that there's very little ludo narrative dissonance because there's very little narrative. Um, how about the atmosphere? Um, atmosphere is a ten out of ten. Okay. Game of the year. Okay. Um, you know, best of show. Mm-hmm. I get you know, I give it the, the lowest score ever. There's a, there's the, there's a lot of backtracking. Would you call it a Metroidvania? Uh no. Okay. Sorry, I, I was, what I was, other, uh, other cliches do we have? Like, I'm trying to think of what other. Did we do all of them? Uh, um, I, I'm sorry, I was, I was I was writing down your responses with a golf pencil. Um, right. <laughs> 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 Anywho, um, you continue through some again these levels that we're skipping over. Like we're kind of just hitting the bosses, and there's cool yeah. stuff in these levels again. But it all kind of runs together. Yeah, and you should play it, and you'll have your own favorites. <laughs> as well. We can't ruin. You know what? We're not going to cut your cut your steak for you. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I know we're not gonna feed you like, like I, I know that we were saying like for mm, three months that uh, this was a game that was available on Virtual Console without researching that fact at all. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of dum dums. But however, we know that a bunch of you happen to be three DS ambassadors, and you probably have it the same way I do. Hey. Yeah, and uh, it's very cheap to buy otherwise. Yeah. And the uh, the Game Boy Advance support is is, is perfect. It's just That's fine. great. Um, it has a little bit less in the way of transparency effects. Um, notably, when uh, uh, Kamek uh, sprinkles his fairy dust <laughs> on the bosses, it doesn't have that like kind of wonderful rainbow. 
Yeah, Shit. yeah, like the crazy mm-hmm. sine wave thing. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's uh, it looks real good. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Things um, like fifteen bucks on the rainforest. If you're intrigued at this point, buy it. Tip yeah. jar, all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and one of the things you'll be able to fight is the racial caricature Hookbill the Koopa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's not a racial caricature. Turtles have little beaks. Yeah, they do. Uh, but just I don't know the, the Hookbill. You know, it's just a little uncom- uncomforting. There was a there there was a uh, deleted scene where he ran the media. Yeah, <laughs> like, good. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Oh. I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, I, I haven't tried casual anti-Semitism yet. I don't like it too much. Yeah, it was well, kind of gross. Mean, just, keep it simple. I said it before, but like brevity is the the soul of bigotry. <laughs> like. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like this boss fight a lot, actually. Me too. Um, I like the uh, uh, the action of it. So you have to hit him in the face many times and kind of tilt him back on yeah. axis to get him to fall on his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I just had a thought, like the way we're describing this, just kind of jumping from boss battle to boss battle. This game would have been awesome if it would have had like a boss rush, like a Shadow of the Colossus esque mode. Yeah, yeah. I would play a version of this, like double or triple the bosses, mm-hmm. put it on you know 3ds for twenty bucks, and it'd be an awesome game. Yeah. Just boss to boss to boss with all mm-hmm. these interesting little gimmicks. You know what? I, I'll, I'll raise I'll raise you one. I would love to see a remake of this for the uh, for the Wii U that was in high def, um, mm-hmm. that was done in like a vector presentation, but still preserved the uh, the pastel and marker uh, mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. I would play that. That would be an awesome game. Yep. Instead, they're not making it available at all. On, <laughs> you, can't, you can't blame us for saying it's on the virtual console because what kind of world? would we live in if it's not on the virtual console like it, it's evidence that we're all living in the matrix yeah you know this the, the, this bleak color colorless dismal world where yeah. uh nothing we do adds up to anything you yeah. know your your closest friends are by distant strangers you know yeah fuck every decision in your life is connected to a strand <laughs> Just, <laughs> but uh i like this boss fight a whole lot too yeah no, it's a, it's good. I like, the, I like the idea that you're taking a turtle, which is um, almost by definition something that has great balance, and <laughs> putting it off balance so that you can stomp on his belly. Yeah, it takes a lot though. Like it, it's yeah. using that as a, a thing. You know, you don't just knock it over once. Like you have to hit it many times to knock it off balance. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Something. You, you, no, something we ignored in this castle. Uh, this the, this is the first evidence that uh, the enemies are adapting to you. Because they send uh, Lakitu's after you with fish hooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who and he just kind of grabs. Is this also the first? I feel like this might be the first one where there are the uh, the shy guys that um, jump on your back and take the place of Mario. Yeah, and yeah. Kind of cuckoo you. <laughs> you know, like then they're just like acting as if they're your your child, and then run away with it with the Mario. Mm-hmm. I would have like. I wish they would have gone that a little further, and maybe the. Uh, I don't know, like the the guy who stole Mario, the little bandit, would have covered his mouth or something, and the the crying would have been muffled or something. <laughs> that would have been real rad. Yeah. Or if the the shy guys would have been dressed like Mario, mm-hmm. um, that would have been really cool. But yeah, they, that's a good point. They're like it does, you know, they're adapting. Mm-hmm. You're getting closer and closer to Bowser's uh, castle, and they're getting and, more and more scared. Yes. Yeah. There, there was also one puzzle in this that really kind of like upset me. Like it was the first, it was the only time I got genuinely stuck in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Because because all of the situations where you have to like hit a switch in this game, you can do it with eggs. Um, mm-hmm. No matter how tricky the shot is, you can kind of hit it. But there's a point towards the end of this level where there's a very narrow corridor, and you yes. have to use a turtle shell to actually hit this to progress. 
And it was yes. one of those things that it didn't give you the vocabulary to do. And so mm-hmm. I didn't think to do it. I had, I had the same problem. I yeah. had the exact same problem. And I tried it so many times with the eggshell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it had a problem. One of the things they do is they make getting egg, refilling eggs, like an arduous journey from there. Like you have to go through this huge thing again to get refilled on eggs. Um, and I think maybe they're doing that to kind of signal you like, hey, try what's around, mm-hmm. you know, which are, which are turtle shells. Yeah. But that didn't stop. You know, it doesn't, uh, you're right. It doesn't communicate that effectively enough. Right. I got frustrated by that as well. Thanks for reminding me of it, Dick. <laughs> no, the way they communicated is like we're going to arrange this in such a way that it's impossible to get a straight shot down this lane. So yeah, yeah. it looks real close. It looks real possible, and I kept thinking yeah. if I could stop the reticule at exactly the right spot. It would yeah, work, but, but nothing in the game requires that much precision. I mean, it requires you to like act quickly and you mm-hmm. know generally be aware of your surroundings and you know the physical rules of this world. But like, it doesn't require you to like hit it on a pixel. Which is yep. what I was trying to do. Yeah. Mm. I agree. Yeah. Frustrating. But this gave way to my favorite world in the game. This Them- is definitely the, my favorite visually. Yeah. Yes, thematically, presentationally. Yeah. There's some real asshole platforming. Yeah. On some can, of those ski lifts kind of later on. I can forgive that for being purdy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It is real purdy. Yeah. That is definitely true. Yeah. But uh, World Five is kind of uh, like the first half of it uh, before the you know before the fortress is Ice World, which we've talked mm-hmm. about. You know, we 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 generally fall in favor of those. Um, mm-hmm. And the second half is like a sequel to Butterbridge. Yeah, yep, yep. That's a good uh, good way to put that. Mm-hmm. I know. I said it. Um, but. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, the the ice world stuff is neat. Um, the the sound that you make when you're slipping on ice, um, it's just about the most anno- annoying goddamn thing in the world. Um, mm. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's it, it's neat. It messes with your visibility. It messes with your uh, kind of traction uh, a little bit. The the ski the ski lifts, like you said, bit of a bit bit of an annoyance, uh, just a little bit. But uh, I like it, especially the fortress in this. Yeah, there's just kind of a, a lot of um, real precision uh, platforming that's that's involved in this, and like. The uh, the jump mechanic in this game gives you a little bit. So like, you know, when you when you can hover and kind of do this double jump, you can, you know, you don't have to jump with confidence. Like you can land your jumps, and you have a hover in this that's really really odd. And the game starts playing with it later with mm-hmm. the arc of it. But it's so it makes it easy to do this kind of precision. Not easy. It makes it possible to do this kind of precision platforming, but uh, uh, doesn't quite you know shore it up exactly the same. And when you have slippery platforms like. Even if you can spot the landing, you haven't really spotted the landing, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, it also plays a little bit like uh, with getting some of the collectibles because you can get just a little bit more lift on your jump if you hover in place. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just like it's it's weird that we're saying something as fundamental as the jump physics this late in the game. But like when you get into this tricky platforming, those kind of inches and pixels matter in a really, right, really right. kind of tangible way. And 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 I was thinking a little bit in the because so because you you do a little dip like you jump you you do a little dip and then you go a little bit higher and mm-hmm. later there are arcs of coins that show you that that's what you need to be doing yes like the game is very intentional mm-hmm. in that like it's it's one of the better like double jumps that I've I've seen or, or played with in a game like not in the way that's empowering but the way that they they mess with the specifics of it mm-hmm. um, and it didn't actually and and Yoshi makes an amazing noise during it. Which I really like, and only started to annoy me during like Smash Brothers. <laughs> but this game is like, like there's just this is you know 
absolute strain, like this idea that if you just strain a little bit longer, you can defy gravity. Yeah. yeah. Just just kick your legs, swim through the air. Life mm-hmm. is but a dream. Um, um, I, I think Slug of the Unshaven might be my one of my favorite bosses in the game. Yeah, this is the uh, it's the the blob with the um, the heart. Yes. Inside it, yeah, this is great. Yeah. yeah, he's he's excellent. Yeah. Also, Shuggy Sluggy the Unshaven. Un, like that's yeah. a, that a crazy name. <laughs> they they, they <laughs> might as well be talking about me. Um, <laughs> but um, um, yeah, no, it's great. Comic comes down and says like, "Hey, you won't defeat him because he has no weak point except for that big glowing heart." To ignore that, please. And then he leaves. Yep. He's got that cartoon heart. He looks a little bit like a emo album, not an emo album cover, like an indie album cover. A little bit, like the yeah. Pompalous like <laughs> EP features Sluggy the Unshaven, <laughs> like. But it, it's really cool. Like you, you're what you're doing is you um, when you hit him, you kind of put dents in his his exterior, and you have to kind of dig your way down. So it's about precision aiming. Like you have to aim at the same spot again and again, consistently and quickly, because it's always regenerating. Yeah, and uh, to kind of mine down to his heart. Yeah, and you have to always make sure that you have enough en- enough eggs to hit him to his heart in one kind of salvo. Mm-hmm. Not salvo the-, the slime, but salvo. Yes, yes. And the the, the uh, thing that's supplying you with the eggs is not something that fills you. It's nothing you can fill up really quickly. Right. So there's kind of a risk reward element where you're, uh, you know, do I sit here and wait for my eggs to fill up and let. Uh, slugging it closer to the edge and make it a little bit more difficult to aim, or do I see if I can do it in four eggs, which you mm-hmm. can do if you aim perfectly. Right. You know, so very cool. Like this is a great boss. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. I like his design too. Even his heart is hairy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like him a lot. But you continue to the second part of this, and just uh, it just gets even better because you it becomes clear that you are ascending above Yoshi's Island, um, mm-hmm. and kind of into the cosmos. Um, eventually into what ends up being an awesome uh, kind of uh, precursor to Mario Galaxy. Like but a I'm, direct precursor. Like there, there are many boss fights in Mario Galaxy games are exactly this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, was it ever clear what the Goonies were? And I'm not talking about, you know, Sluggo and whatnot. Uh, Goonie rides. Those are the birds. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, those, those are, are great. The, the I love those. I love, I love the design of those gulls. They're great. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a real uh, insidious... Uh, one of the things that happened when we talk about all the secrets and, and collectibles, um, because they have such a tangential relationship to opening up extra stuff, like every once in a while I would stumble upon something that would be a real cool secret and then would actually turn it down because I knew that it was just going to get me you know, a, a daisy and like five red coins. Mm-hmm. There's a real cool one with those goonies, though, at the beginning of a level where... Um, they're going from right to left, and you're supposed to go from left to right. But if you get on one that's high enough, it'll carry you towards the beginning of the level where there's a pipe that oh, was just yeah. out of view. And if you can get up there, you, get, you know it's a real neat hidden thing. I just yeah. wish it, you know, gave me an extra area directly, or because instead of just giving me, I, maybe it didn't even give me collectibles. It might have just given me tons of coins. But again, at this point, I have like 120 lives. Like, <laughs> what can you? What can you offer me? Yeah. You know? Like, the, the, despite this game's kind of, you know, collectible bullshit, Psychonauts shit, mm-hmm. it does treat the secret levels pretty well, or at least the secret areas um, mm-hmm. that you can get to. Like, there were some where it's kind of like, is that a thing? Oh, yep, yep, it is. Here's a place yeah. where I can go. And even if you, like, don't get a tangible reward that'll make a difference for your playthrough, there there is that kind of satisfaction of finding something that, that they didn't want you to find, ostensibly. Yeah, I just, I just wish it, it... Yeah, I agree. 
and yeah. and there's still like a Pavlovian wonder in collecting coins. Like I still yeah. liked getting them, but I just wish there was a little bit more. Always more, always more with always you. Always more, man. Always more. It's me. But this uh, this yeah. boss fight, this, when you say it's a pre- precursor to Super Mario Galaxy, um, it's this raven that's chasing around a sphere in space. Yeah. <laughs> and there are there are two um, kind of divots in the planet, and if you uh, ground pound on them, they will uh, pop out the other side. Yeah, they're yeah. posts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I I love the the the, the design on these ravens. Too, mm-hmm. like they they they, they just look, uh, they look they look like they would make awesome plushies, and I'm sure that's a thing that exists in Japan. In which case, get on it, Japan Waff fans. Um, yeah. I am noted for my love of birds, so why don't I have one of these yet? <laughs> you monsters. <laughs> um, <no. laughs> I know this game. I mean, like getting into that, and we're going to talk about that in generalities. But like, this game is kind of weirdly unloved by Nintendo. Like these characters mm-hmm. haven't shown up in other places. Like. Mechanically, character-wise, like a lot of this stuff is really a dead end, and it's really a shame because it's some of their strongest work. And it's funny because like the, the the place where these characters show up the most is another one of my favorite games, which is Tetris Attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is really a really interesting like. But what a what a side road that is, you know? Yeah. What, that's not where they put things that they value. And, and no, no, it's not. Champion, you know, yeah. Um, but one of the thing, one of the things I love about the Raphael the Raven uh, um, boss fight, aside from the fact that it made me dizzy as all hell, um, <laughs> seriously, I have, I have real motion sickness problems. Um, this mm-hmm. is a way that you can baffle me in real life. If you want to take my things, just run around me real quick, and I will get uh, disoriented and need to sit <laughs> the down. Boss fight for Cole. Like, exactly. You need to win that boss fight. <laughs> just like take advantage of the fact that he had many inner ear problems as a child. You know. No, no big deal. Um, no, one of my favorite things about this is the uh, is the intro to him. I'm not sure if it's comic being like uh, nervous about the fact that you you know are getting so close, but he kind of turns into uh, Jeff Goldblum in uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> you can uh, will uh, 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 never <laughs> enter the Koopa Kingdom. <laughs> like Nixon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, the the, uh, the dialogue with him is, is mostly you, it's easy to ignore because it's so generic in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and then when they actually kind of do stuff like this, it gets kind of fun. Yeah. So you stomp on these pegs in order to uh, knock uh, Mister uh, Raphael the Raven off of this planet. Um, I had a lot of trouble with this fight, not just because of the dizziness and whatnot, um, but just because the timing was a little bit weird. I didn't know how to get I didn't know how to get him to stop where I needed him to. It's a really small planet. Yeah. So like the uh, he, it's he, like he, King Kai's planet from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word on that okay. one. Um, but but it, it is it what it is is that he's really close to you at any given time. So mm-hmm. like the amount of time you have to you have to get ahead of him in a weird way. Yeah, you know, if it's a bigger planet, like you know he would be further behind you, and you can time it out. You can get to a place and wait for him, but you can't get to a place and wait for him. You know on this one. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's neat presentationally. Uh, I forget. Does comic take you there? Like to see, like we're on the moon now, and then put you there. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think that's that's what happens. Like, yeah, he just magics you on up. Um, yeah, to the east side. Yeah, he magics on up to the east side. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you end up in the last world, which is real, real good. Yes, um, finish it strong, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and this isn't like new for the series. Like, I, I really like the uh, the the final area of Mario Three. I think that's one of my favorite areas of the game, actually, mm-hmm. uh, gameplay wise. Um, it feels really good to, uh, to 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 
you know, get through one of those levels just by jumping on the cannonballs. Um, <laughs> and this feels good in that same way, even if there are a little bit of, you know, there are a couple of gimmicks that really uh, don't feel fair, like the spinning yeah, platforms and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or the bandits. Yeah, yeah, the bandits. Ugh. Don't go to the cave of the bandits. Don't do that. That's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, but but it's neat. Uh, like, and I, I like things that are thematically dark. That is something we have in common. Um, yeah. There are like skeletons and shit everywhere. It's great. Yeah, all those birds that you've seen are now skeleton birds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no dry bones in this actually, which is which is a little bit weird. Yeah, I like that enemy too. When we're talking about Mario enemies, we like a lot. Yeah, I don't like the there skeleton turtles in this. Um, it has that key moving level that we referenced last time. Mm-hmm. With that with the, the giant chain chomp chasing you, which is really really great. <laughs> Giant, giant chain chomp Stacy? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Stay away from stay away from giant chain chomp Stacy. Yeah. Um, she gave um, me a little something something behind the bleachers. And by that you mean STDs. Um, but which I mean she bit off my dick. She is a chain chomp. <laughs> she is. That's that, that's weird. So chain chomps are dogs, right? Yeah, essentially. The, but like they, they, they arose from uh, Miyamoto's fear of dogs. Probably. I don't know if you sound like that's plausible enough to write. Think that might be something that's no, true. No, that's a, that's a thing. Like chain, like chain shops, like they, they, they're a thing because like he was traumatized by dogs as a child, much mm. like uh, um, Jimmy Earthbound from pornography. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But um, again, going through a boss <laughs> boss rush mode of this. Um, but no, we can we can stop there. So, so the spinning logs, like the spinning platforms that I that I mentioned before, the, mm-hmm. I, I feel like these showed up like in Super Mario Three, except they uh, uh, they, they, they acted kind of the same. Um, just where you, you they, they they stop for a little while, but if you stand on them for too long, um, they will spin and throw you off in a random direction. You have a little bit more of an ability to um, recover from it in this one because your jumps are a little bit floatier and you have the uh, and you have your double jump kind of kind of mechanic so it's mm-hmm. less uh, uh disastrous if this happens but still like i i i get the i i have a recollection of this happening in auto scrolling levels where your progress should be really really measured in order to get to the next thing yes yeah yeah and, and that's really frustrating also i mean so that i'm, I'm no no disagreement there um, and then the, these bandits that you run into as an enemy class are really fucking obnoxious because yes. they're uh, and tell me if I'm imagining this, but they're there are ones that are impossible to kill, right? Yeah. Like I remember bouncing on one doing the stomp and just bouncing on their heads forever. The, 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 there are some enemies in that phylum that you can kill by just bopping on their head three times, no matter how hard mm-hmm. it is. And you can expedite their, uh, their, their death by stomping on them. And these ones, they didn't respond to stomps or egg throws. So yeah, it's just so, a matter of like stunning them and then getting as far away as you could. Yeah. They're, and they're real obnoxious because they actively like other enemies, you know, hurt you. And then Mario just kind of floats away in a bubble. These guys try to get Mario as far away from you as possible. Right. So every time, I mean, it's kind of fun in that every time they get him, it's a panic event. Like I had a couple fun, encounters in this game where uh mario was taken from me and i you know got him right just down to the wire you know and that was real fun but this these guys are real obnoxious yeah you know, not necessarily poorly designed in that way but i don't like how they, they're not consistent so the same way that like that one time you have to use a turtle shell before um the fact that these guys are impervious to all harm when you know there are other ones of their family that are not it just yeah. feels like breaking the rules you know Bit. And we, we talked about that a lot, and we have a whole podcast about it, Dark Souls podcast. But like, yeah. you know, don't break the rules. Yeah, um, it, it's it, it, they're a little bit kind to you in that they don't they they rarely put them in an environment where you can't get to them easily. 
So like there are these arena areas where it's just kind of like there's no pressure. They're just kind of, you know, platforms that are put around and they tend to show up in those kind of places. And you don't have to like hit them, you know, in a way that uh, would kill them. Normally, like for like for other enemies, it would have to be like, OK, in order to, you know, do their verb, you have to jump on top of them or hit them with an egg. For them, you just kind of like have to touch Mario and grab them back. Yeah. Um, which is nice in that they, they reduce the amount of precision that's necessary, especially with uh, how fast they move. Um, so, so, so there, it's a little bit merciful, but they tend to show up in like packs of twos and threes. And they also just look like assholes. They yeah. look like Billy from Pee-wee's Playhouse. <laughs> like they just, yeah, just like little assholes. Like, yeah. Ugh, little dickheads. Fuck you. No, thank yeah. mm-hmm. Thanks. Mm-hmm. No, thank. No, <laughs> no, thank. No, thank. Yes. I have no, no thanks to offer you. Yeah. Yes. But, um, I like tap, tap the red nose. Yeah, the, the boss fight says, I, I like the boss fight. I can't speak today. Huh. Um, I like that it's a reference to like video game past yes. in a real clear way. I mean, it's Arkanoid, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those blocks are the Arkanoid blocks. <laughs> so yeah. there's no, no doubt. And uh, you, you, so, so basically, this is another one, kind of like the, uh, the potted ghost, the potted boo, pot boo. Um, where you have to manage the environment. So there's no way to, 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 to directly kill this guy, which is a big spiky dude. Um, and most of the spiky dudes, like even under, even under normal circumstances, you can't kill them. But uh, you have to kind of erode and wear away the platform beneath him so that he will fall to his death. And that mm-hmm. is how you win this fight. Yeah, and it's a, a pretty good fight. Um, you, know, you have these uh, Arkanoid blocks below you that take different amounts of egg hits. Yeah. To kill. And it's mostly about avoiding uh, Red Nose while collecting enough eggs to create a, a pit in the floor that's not going to make you fall through the pit mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. real good boss fight. Um, and then you end up at uh, you know a couple other levels, um, some of which we've already talked about. Yeah, and, a, uh, a couple of levels like you know like a disturbing trend in the last leg of this. Like the the, the levels, they're, they're, they're still fun, but they kind of rely on being very long, and uh, they're mm-hmm. also auto scrolly. Which is yeah. even uh, even down to the one of them being called the very long cave. Yes, and also keep moving. Well, we've already yeah. talked about that. So the, the 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 last leg of this world gets a little bit unnecessary, but I feel like in general, um, it is that nice um, kind of even keel of challenge mm-hmm. uh, that that I really like in a lot of games. Where um, again, Dark Souls reference slash illusion. Um, I, I, I really I really feel like uh, when 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 I messed up, it was my fault. Yep. Yeah, uh, much like like unlike World Three in this game, where it was just kind of like, yeah, that monkey's kind of a dick, right? Right. It's kind of it's a weird uh, challenge jump in World Three. Yeah. You know, so the platform you do in World Three while managing those monkeys is this, you know as difficult as the platform you do at the end of the game. Make a note: managing monkeys is a that that is a killer <laughs> iOS game concept. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> So after you know, kind of getting through these last levels, which are, are very good, even though we you know have there's some annoyances, um, you end up at King Bowser's castle, and uh, it's kind of an interesting level where you go, go through a little bit of a preamble, and then you kind of gamble on how much of this level you're going to have to do. Right. Which feels like a bit of a you know it feels like it breaks some of the rules um, insofar as more content equals better than. 
Um, because I happened to get really lucky when I gambled and I got the four block and this was a very, very short level for me. Yep. Um, the, uh, uh, the, I, I didn't get quite that lucky, but I didn't play very much of it. And, uh, it was, you know, it's similar to what we've been doing. So the, the level I ended up in was just, uh, you know, pretty tricky thematic, you know, platforming. I like this idea that you can, you know, uh, you can kind of jackpot your way to the end of it. It does break the rules, but I still, you know, it's a neat mechanic. Yeah, I just wish it had been more consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, there are other levels, like some of these other levels that are really, really long, I would have accepted them as something where maybe in the beginning they have a branching path. And, uh, you know, I don't want it to be random because I can see that being very frustrating if you just want to play the whole game yeah. and going uh, to the beginning of the level over and over. But just having, you know, there's four pathways at the beginning of the level. Each one is kind of like a micro, you know, is like one half of that level. Mm-hmm. And that's but as it stands, I mean, it kind of feels like a nice uh, echo of the previous one, uh, uh, Marching Mill Days uh, mm-hmm. level. Each each of those different legs has a, has a neat little theme. Um, I wouldn't know how to speak to them because I didn't play them, but uh, the, the the last one I can talk about if we're ready to go to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's kind of Kamek's Corridor, um, where it's like a nice little echo of, uh, of one of the previous uh, uh, Mario games, the Super Mario World, where it was a very similar thing, kind of a darkened area where a Magic Koopa is uh, flying around and shooting magic around and kind of transforming blocks into enemies. Um, and I was kind of under the, under the illusion that I could kill Kamek. In fact, like, you, know, like you can never hurt him or her or whatever he slash C ends up being. Um, but uh, but yeah, you just it's kind of an endurance area where you just survive until you get to the very end. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't really signal that. I just I kept trying to hit him and was wondering what I needed to do differently <laughs> until I just got to the end. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I didn't. I don't begrudge it too much because there's a save ring right there, so it's not like you have to do it every time. Yeah. Um, and then you get to the the boss fight and kind of like I guess a twist of the game is that um, you know that the whole bit with him protecting baby Bowser, you know, the yes. reason why he kidnapped the brothers. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the first appearance of baby Bowser. Um, who ends up being like a staple villain in, in, in the most recent entries of the game. Yeah, he's pretty annoying. Like, I don't like Baby Bowser very <laughs> I much. I don't like him very much either. Like, What a weird... Like, I mean, it seems like that, that whole baby... We don't need a Baby Mario universe. Like, the idea of Yoshi protecting Baby Mario is a cool idea for this game. And it gives mm-hmm. you... You know, justifies these new mechanics and lets you play as Yoshi. Mm-hmm. You know, in kind of a guidance story. But I don't need to have, like, a baby, you know, Waluigi and a baby princess rosa and all this nonsense you know it's real i mean it's real muppet babies yeah no like muppet babies that was the thing that was going to come up this is mario babies um the the only time that i feel like this pays off um did you ever play uh partners in time no that is a good game i've heard it's really good game i've actually heard all of the game boy all the portable rpg entries are good no those Um, are like top tier those are those are choice I have one of them came with my, my 3DS ambassadorship. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the early, I think the first one. Yeah, first yeah, the Superstar Saga. Yeah, yeah. that's the, that one's also really, really good. The only one I haven't played is uh, Inside Story. That one's um, supposed to be really good, too. Yeah. They're getting, yeah. Yeah, getting really, really good reviews. I should play those. I got um, a little sour based on you. I played um, Paper Mario on N64, and I loved it. Yeah. And then uh, got a little soured with Mario RPG, see episode mm-hmm. four. <laughs> I, um, you know, which I like that, but I didn't didn't love it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, haven't gone and explored those. Um, but I, I they're on my backlog as things to, to play because they sound really up my alley. Yeah, 
they're, they're, they're well they're well localized but they kind of fall into the super paper mario trap of like nerds will love this mm. um, okay kind, kind of stuff so it's a little bit like monkey cheese humor yeah um, but but in general it works and it holds up and the gameplay bears it out um yeah. and i like small numbers in games um, yeah me too yeah and that's that, what a nice uh, thing, like a nice trope for them to, uh, to work with. <laughs> like to yeah. stick to you that entire time. And I, I don't mean to denigrate Super uh, Super Paper Mario. I think that that is a really good game. But mm-hmm. that's just me. Um, I, haven't, I haven't played Super Paper Mario. It's good. Just, it's good. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, the <laughs> it feels like we're talking about every Mario game, but the one we're talking about. It's kind of, it's hard to, it's, we talked about it before. It's hard to do games like this for the show yeah. because we, we really go through the narrative and levels, you know, have kind of a different, uh, most games have a different structure to this mm-hmm. than this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, we can talk about the boss fight and we're yeah, almost we also almost to the end of this, but what a, this game's place in the greater Mario world is a really kind of noteworthy thing, I think. Yes. So it's not, a, it's not off topic necessarily. No, I mean, all no. that, you know, other nonsense about Vor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was off topic but yeah. this is not off topic yeah well let's talk about the greater place because i think you have more opinions about that than i do um I do. here here a little here after we talk about the boss fight like when we hit generalities because we covered most of my generalities in this and mm-hmm. uh um the, the 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 final boss fight in this at least the second half of it is actually a bone of contention for me okay well yeah let's, let's talk about the boss fight and then get to that with generalities yeah so yeah, so so uh, the first half of the boss fight is pretty good because you know Bowser wakes up and he is um, really he, he he's smitten with Yoshi like he wants to ride you around. He, he thinks, thinks you're he, a green donkey. Yeah, because you're a green donkey, which isn't entirely inaccurate. No, <laughs> in uh, in Spanish speaking market, you know, markets, he is burro. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that joke was. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's hard to classify it as a joke, but I don't, I didn't dislike it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, but it's, it, this is a cool little bit of a boss fight because you, uh, you need to get him off of you, um, you know, by grabbing Mario. And then after doing so, um, you pound the ground and can, and can hit him. And, and that was one of those funny little revelations. I don't remember this fight from earlier. So I think, that, I don't think I ever got this far. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in the game before in my, in my youth, in my misguided youth. Um, but, um, but uh, I, I love that because, because like I was noticing like, oh, he's really, he does a little flip before he stomps. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's cool. That's, uh, that's, that's just like I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what if I, oh man, I'm creating those waves on the floor too. Shit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, after you, uh, defeat him this way and just hit him three times, it's really kind of a preamble. It's not, you know, a meaty part of the boss fight uh Kamek uses his magic on him and giantizes uh bowser yeah. i'm interested to hear what your your bone of uh contention contention is with this i loved the presentation of it i just thought that the uh the the, the, the physics were weird and that like the tech couldn't bear it out mm-hmm. so 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 like it, it took me a lot of tries like it wasn't hard like i didn't die like you know just it didn't feel unfair it was just really really hard to judge the distance Mm. Like 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 what I needed to aim. If, if there was anything before this where it was like, oh, I'm aiming, I'm aiming, I'm aiming into the background. That's cool. I like that. that, that, that that's great. Like if, if if there was like a contra kind of thing where it was like, oh, all of a sudden the Z axis is, is in play. Great. Mm-hmm. I love that. But this just kind of showed up, and like you, it was like a lot of trial and error until you determine like what the scale was. Like oh, I need to, like when he's here, I need to aim for this part. It just like the the arc on it wasn't it wasn't logical to me. It didn't feel right in a game where a lot of that stuff just kind of felt right and natural to me. Yeah, 
I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I, I think I just kind of ended up like probably through part of luck, like ended up just not taking too much. You know, like my first guesses on those things mm-hmm. just kind of worked out and maybe gave the illusion of it of it making sense and being intuitive. There were a couple of moments where where it wasn't, and uh, a lot of the times when I hit him, I guess I, I was missing him from a distance, mm-hmm. um, and he rapidly encroaches on you, which I think is just a game over if he gets to you, and that lended this air of. Uh, desperation to it, yeah. which I really appreciated and wasn't kind of thinking about it maybe yeah. the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I love the presentation. I loved like just how everything up to this has been light and airy. Even the crazy skeleton birds were, mm-hmm. you know, nice and whimsical. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, Oh man, it gets real, real fucked up. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's great. I, I love that part and kind of like what it made me feel, but it just, it like, it just, it, it wasn't a, there wasn't as much fidelity to it as I would have liked to like there to have been. That's fair enough. Yeah. The, uh, um, and there are other games that did this kind of foreground background stuff. Like I'm thinking about the end of turtles in time. Yep. You know, when you're throwing the, the, the soldiers into the camera mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. it's, it's a neat trick. Um, you know, but it is kind of a trick, and that one you can't miss. Mm-hmm. So if you throw something into the camera, you always hit. But this one, you you are aiming to a degree. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll buy that. It kind of breaks mm-hmm. the rules a little bit. Yeah. But it's not it's not too bad. It's not like no. overly difficult. No, it, um, it didn't ruin me. Like I, I just kind of I didn't want to renounce the game because of that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, afterwards, you you know that's that's the game. You just get um you know you get reunited with Luigi, and the stork continues to carry you to your mysterious home that we talked about. Yes, uh, so it can pre- you know prepare its cloaca for you know yeah, the, qu- yeah, for, the, the quickening for war, yeah, for, <laughs> for inserting these uh, these infants into it. Yeah, um, but yeah, there, there's there's no like real ending or anything like that. No. This just happens, and that's the end of the game. And the game you have to reset to get back to if you want to hunt for you know other collectibles and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, and it and it's wonderful. Yeah, it, you know it's excellent. Mm-hmm. You know we said that a bunch. They were that point. It's really, really good. It's must-play. If you haven't played it, it's, it's really, really good. Um, when I talk about like the place in the Mario canon... so like, Yeah, yeah. Sh- share your grand unified Mario theory with me. <laughs> I just, so the thing... That, the, so when I talk about this as being a Mario 2 thing, like I'm a big fan of Mario 2, and I know all mm-hmm. the trivia about it. Um, but Mario 2 like doesn't have... I like my Marios where they don't have kind of a defined play style. Like, they have elements that reappear, mm-hmm. but that they're going to be introducing kind of weird new things. Like, I wish that Mario Sunshine was a better game, because it's re- like them adding that locomotion mechanic is really cool, and made me think about, oh, this is, you know, like a Mario 2, or a uh, uh, Yoshi's Island, where, like, they're just doing something new. And it's not a, a novel internet opinion to say that the Mario series is stagnated, and they actually do things with that now. So, like, the Game Boy you know, entries, which I like, all Mm -hmm. are just playing on your nostalgia and playing on the fact that they're familiar, (laughs) you know? Um, But there was a time where, like, the Mario games were this, like, test bed for crazy fucking awesome nonsense. (laughs) And uh, that's great. Like, I wish that we could get back to that. Like, this game has more imagination in it than... Even, like, I love Mario Galaxy. It's really cool that you go to these varied worlds and they have kind of each their own little idea behind them. Um... But mechanically, like, you're doing the same things, you know? Like, I, wa- I want, like, a Mario game, like, give Mario a, a new way to interact with the world, you know? Like, fuck things up a little bit, as opposed to, like, now you get power-ups that last for, you know, 45 seconds each and emulate things you've already done, 
like oftentimes. Like this mm-hmm. game is really imaginative. The other big thing, you know, so in addition to like just the boss battles uh, being really creative, like it has all these mini games to it, which is a real, you know, that's something that's been lost. The yeah. game, like it kind of adds to the artifice of the presentation. Mm-hmm. You know, Mario games are always kind of stage plays or dreams or things that are not happening. Yeah. You know? And uh, I really appreciate that aspect of it. Like, I feel like some of those things just kind of got lost, you know, yeah. in, in the series. Like, like it used to be, you know, and I'm saying this with rose-tinted glasses, you know, the, 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 the benefit of hindsight, etc. You know, Mario 1, 2, 3, World, and this, like, each of them was solid gold in its own kind of way. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree. And, yep. you know, re- recently... You know, I, I, I'm a person who likes Super Mario 64. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, at least the good parts of that. The good parts of that buried out as a good, as a good experience for me. You know, much like a lot of stuff on the N64, it may be a time and place kind of thing. Um, but uh, I like that. That is a high point of the series for me. Um, I also really, really like Super Mario Galaxy. Um, that yeah. like, like Like, that's fantastic. I think that... You know, like that would be prime material for us, and you know, and and the you know for for the show uh, as time goes on, because like that, like that's a major sea change for the series. I think, um, you know, if not a sea change, at least like something like this that is a really, really interesting evolutionary dead end. Um, mm-hmm. And I really like Super Mario 3D Land, but like I, I like 3D Land too, but I can't say that it is is a change. Like it's yeah. kind of like a, a collection of references. Yeah, things. They do true. a little bit with the 3D mechanics, but not as much as I want them to do. Like mm-hmm. there are a couple of puzzles that are related to 3D. Like what kind of happens, and it kind of started with Mario 64, uh-huh. is that they started trying to emulate earlier experiences with new technology instead of creating new experiences. You know? Yeah. Like Mario 64 is just their best attempt at doing a Mario mm-hmm. game in 3D. Yeah. As opposed to changing the you know the character or changing the world you know now i feel like we i always know what i'm going to run into in these games yeah you're going to run into the same kinds of worlds the same kinds of enemies like really you know for the most part with some exceptions yeah so 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 so, so i guess the point that i was trying to trying to make there i don't disagree with you um but just like in terms in terms of you know good games that you just that that's my kind of pantheon if you look at you know 1985 through 1995 which is like mm-hmm. that first stretch you know beginning with mario one and ending with this um and then look at from 1995 through uh when did 3d land come out you know 20 yeah. 2012 mm-hmm. um you know they like they they covered more ground in you know those 10 years than we did in the most recent uh you know 15 right yeah yeah, like uh, like significantly more. Yeah, and it's not you know when you talk about just them being high points or good games, like it's just the difference. Like they're still great. It's just the difference between like the first five Mario games, if we consider this to be like Mario Five, essentially, are like A plus masterpieces, mm-hmm. and then after that they kind of become like B and B plus mm-hmm. games to me. Like there's no game after this one that I consider to be like as approaching perfection. Yeah, you know as this, even if I really like it. Even if it's, you know, yeah. 3D Land, which I played the shit out of, or, or Galaxy 1, which I think is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, they don't have this kind of effortless perfection that, that these do, where it's just, it's full of them. They're doing, they're not playing it safe, but they're just kind of hitting it on the first try, you know? Yeah. I don't know what that says about my attitude towards games or yours. I don't want to speak for, I don't want to speak for you, so I'll just speak for me. But it's kind of like, I, I, I agree. It has to do something that's kind of like novel for me to feel like I need to play it. Mm-hmm. You know? And and then and that's and that's regrettable. That, that that's not something that that's not something that I like to say. 
Um, but yeah, so so, so, so so you're right. I I I lean toward I lean towards you know kind of kind of your opinion on that. Like a little like bit. there are one there are like things there are games where they're just like perfect versions of a thing, and I can really enjoy that. But the games that stand out, you know, in my like top games are either the first time it's been done or the first time I've been exposed to something, and it being really important to me, like that yeah. sense of adventure that comes, you know, from like a, from like a Deus Ex or from like mm-hmm. a Fallout, you know. Yeah. Um, those things are really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, something I think about, um, and it's a cross-medium thing, but I think about, um, you know, I like the, the movies of Wes Anderson, and I like yeah. the movies of P.T. Anderson. And there was a moment when uh, Life Aquatic was coming out and came out, and Punch Drunk Love was about to come out. Yeah. And both directors had previously made very, you know, they're kind of stuck in a rut. Like, you know, they, you know, they do their thing, and they do it well. Yeah. So, like, Wes Anderson movies are unmistakable. At that point, P.T. Anderson had done, like, uh, Hard Eight and done uh, Boogie Nights and Magnolia, and there were these ensemble things with a specific tone. And then uh, The Life Aquatic came out, which is a movie I've grown to really like, mm-hmm. and it's a good movie. But it's really, you know, it's Royal Tenenbaums and Rushmore Underwater. You know, it's got, like, all the same aesthetics. And then Punch Drunk Love came out. And yeah. it's, like, unlike anything I've, uh, I've seen. And it's really, really Punch daring and creative. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful movie. And it has that. So, And then he continued and he did There Will Be Blood, which is maybe my favorite mm-hmm. movie. And just, you know, continued with this sense of adventure. Whereas Wes Anderson keeps doing, iterating on this thing. Mm-hmm. And Wes Anderson is Nintendo of now, <laughs> and P.T. Anderson is Nintendo of the mid-80s to mid-90s. Yep. You know? And there's just one of them that I like more. Even though I, I love Wes Anderson, you know, I saw Moonrise Kingdom. It was excellent. Yeah. It one, one of my favorite movies of last year. It doesn't blow my mind the way that, like, the master did. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't haunt me. It doesn't, you know, get up into that next level. Agree, though. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't disagree. And this, I mean, this might be, you know, Mario World, I think, is still my favorite. This is my second favorite Mario game. Yeah. And, um, it, and it took playing it again to, like, to, like, to realize, because I don't, I don't think of it as part of the mainline Mario series. Yeah, yeah me either. Me either. Because, I mean, same way that maybe you don't, you know, I, I don't always think of Mario 2 as part of the mainline series, because no. it's so weird and experimental and yeah. awesome in that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, trivia-wise, like, Mario 2 is our alternate for this. Like, if we're yeah. doing a weird Mario game in the winter, like, Mario 2 is something we consider doing and i love that game i would love mm-hmm. to do that it's yeah a fucking amazing game it's great you know so. toad supremacy even if even if he's the only <laughs> even if he is only useful in one level so that's yoshi's island As we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, uh, the show is brought to you by Audible.com. Uh, and for you, our dear listeners, our beloved listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to uh, check out their service. And uh, we, as usual, have a recommendation for you. Uh, much like this show is a uh, games club, we also uh, we're literary folks. We like books. We like uh, books and we like recommending and talking about them. And for you today, I would like to recommend A Confederacy of Dunces, ah. uh, which is a book by, uh, um, I believe it's John Kennedy Toole. Yes. Um, yes. It is one of my favorite books of all time. Um, it is available on Audible uh, for free if you would like to uh, to create a trial account. Um, it is one of the funniest things in the entire world. Um, be, be honest, Cole. The reason why you are recommending that for this game is because during the level where you get eaten by the frog, you go past his valve. <laughs> and it's all about managing his valve. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, I, I, I am ashamed at how much I identify with Ignatius Riley, who is the main character of this book, who is one of the greatest, who is one of the greatest uh, literary characters of the 20th century, to my mind. Um, he's yeah it's not uh, Cole is not in any way uh, self-aggrandizing or anything like if, no. you, if you get this book and, and listen to it or get it and read it um, he's a, a a very unlikable character so. exactly <laughs> much like me um so <laughs> no it's it's great it's uh it, it is it is an excellent uh study of location it is you know uh new orleans in the early 1960s um, mm-hmm. With this awesome luddite slash like crazily overeducated, uh, underambitious guy. He's a fucking goon, dude. Yeah, he's a goon. Like, like, like when I when I started learning what goons were, <laughs> like after like I read that book uh, just out of high school. Yeah. And then when I started learning, like, oh, like these are what goons are. I'm doing something awful. Like, yeah. he's a fucking goon. Like the goon uh, uh, Smiley. Yeah. Like could be the Ignatius Riley <laughs> Smiley. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's tough because we, you know, we 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 like we like to recognize books that are thematically relevant to the games. Um, and I was looking at my shelf before we recorded tonight, and I was kind of like, "What game? What what book brings me as much unmitigated joy as the Yoshi story, or not Yoshi story, <laughs> Yoshi's Island?" And um, this is one. It's it's fantastic. Check it out. Um, it's great. It's an excellent character study. Um, you know, uh, just it's fantastic. I can't recommend it highly enough. Gary is a fan as well, um, from what yeah. I can tell. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I do like it. We didn't talk about this before we recommended it. We've got this kind of thing where we like surprising each other with these recommendations. <laughs> and, and, and I'm carefully cultivating that so eventually I can just do mind comp and just really, um, <laughs> just make it make it not feel out of place or what? Yeah, yeah, it just it just fool you. <laughs> um, but we don't we don't talk about those. But this is this is something I like in a bread. Um, something that's really interesting too. Um, if you end up getting this and, and liking it, uh, do a little backstory on the author. Yeah, like this book has a really interesting genesis as to how it got you know went from came into being as well. Yeah. So in addition to being like a neat literary work, it's got a cool story behind it too. Yeah. Um, I have not read it and rewrite it or anything like that. I read it just out of high school, but really enjoyed it. Um, and it is the kind of thing where it is going to uh, inform, like you are going to see bits of real life that are going to make you draw comparisons to the book mm-hmm. because it's very astutely observed. Yeah. Um, kind of character work. Uh, so, good recommendation. <laughs> yeah. So check out Audible. Um, and check out this book. It is free when you download it. Normally, it is literally thousands of dollars. So to get it, uh, you know, go to audibletrial.com slash watch out for fireballs. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash watch out for fireballs uh, to get your free copy of A Confederacy of Dunces or whatever book you would like to choose. However, hot dogs, ladies. Get that book. <laughs> Alternately, <laughs> Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, so you've heard what we have to say about uh, Yoshi's Island. And uh, now it's time to hear what you have to say. Um, so we got a good amount of responses for this. Yeah. I'll go ahead and, uh, and read this first one um, from Stephen via email. Um, Stephen says, Yoshi's Island was my first exposure to a game with a visual style that was attempting to look like something else. It's always held a special place for me as it was a big chunk of my childhood. My brother and I used to get into trouble sneaking into the living room to play Yoshi's Island at 4 a.m. on weekdays before school. Having recently taken a look at Paper Mario, it's really evident how much of the visual style and world elements it took from Yoshi's Island and expanded. Yoshi's Island really set the tone for a huge number of Mario titles to come. The uh, the Raven enemies, they became they became a uh, party member in, uh, in Paper Mario. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Um, so just two, two things that makes me think of. One is when I was 
going through my overly long diatribe about this game's place in Mario, <laughs> I wasn't thinking of like the side, like the RPG games. Like those are really creative and do really neat things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really talking about those. I'm just talking yeah. about the main main series. Yeah. Um, two, like about the look of this, like you you bring up an awesome point because when you so the the, the graphics are stylized and you no longer and doing that's really strong. You no longer have to worry about like uncanny valleyism <laughs> or like how much something looks like something. You know. Um, you know, being a game that is not trying to look like reality is really, really powerful, and it's yeah. something that happens a lot now in indie games, and is just now starting to make its way into the mainstream in a, in a real, you know, serious way. Yeah, so. yeah. There's there's there, there's a lot to be said for style. I mean, just mm-hmm. I, this is me talking about real life or whatever, but playing this like shook a lot of stuff loose for me in terms of like my actual work output. And uh, I took a bunch of screenshots to reference for uh, videos that I will make in the near future. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, life-informing art and uh, art-informing life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, do you remember the last time you woke up early to play a game instead of I staying up it, late to play a game? <laughs> yeah, I did it um, during when I first got into PC gaming uh-huh. and living with my mom. I, that's how I played... Um, Fallouts 1 and 2 and Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 and mm-hmm. uh, Deus Ex, like this glorious summer where I played the greatest games of all time <laughs> and uh, and got, was so excited to play them and, you know, uh, unemployed and having problems with my girlfriend and, you know, not liking living at home. So I had, you know, was desperate for escapism, yeah. but would wake up early to play these games. <laughs> not at 4 a.m., but I would wake yeah. up, you know, stay up until 4 a.m. and then wake up at like God. 7 like like this is a devil's bargain between like unemployment and depression and loving games because like uh during during the period of time from when i graduated uh to when i (laughs) this was the genesis the 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 genesis of the show too like i would stay up until four or wake up at seven to play games just because you know i was I, i was drunk and sad and didn't want to, you know, be aware of the world around me. Yeah. So, like, playing Breath of Fire 3 or Final Fantasy 12 or something. So, like, oh, God, I'm so sad. I better turn you into a dragon. <laughs> Fuck you all. <laughs> Fuck the scare. <laughs> you know, just like, ah! You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's... Uh, that's. <laughs> I wish I could return to that childlike joy. Um, I've considered that. I've considered setting an alarm to wake up and play some Dark Souls before work. Because what better way to start a day? Well, it might, it might, it might like affect you, uh, like you know how you go through your day. Like I, now, I, I pretty much my life is about managing getting up as late as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, and staying up as late as possible. Like in a perfect mm-hmm. world, like I would live a much more nocturnal existence. Mm-hmm. That's how my body works, yeah. and it sucks I'm not allowed to do that. Um, yep. Asleep, but, asleep at one, awake at nine. Yeah. 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 But yeah, breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, dinner like a pauper. Asleep at one, <laughs> awake at nine. Um, yeah. So Tyler Crumrine of the Ninjas versus Podcast friend of the podcast, show. friend of the show, awesome guy. He's going to show up on a bonfire side chat here soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Awesome dude. He was on the level here. Uh, yeah. Yes. So he says, "Man, there are so many reasons to love Yoshi's Island. One, VA gaming, uh, platforming, and just about everything else in the game is so incredibly tight. Two. The bosses all being big versions of common enemies was super cool. Three, the fact that you could unlock super hard bonus levels by 100%ing all the stages in a world made for some great gameplay, for, made for some great replay incentive. Two stories. 
One, I loved being able to use the Huffin Puffin chicks as eggs as a kid. That and the watermelon seeds. Both were really fun. And they both had, uh, uh, and with both, I had a, hey, what if I do this? Oh, shit, I can use them too! Kind of moment. Two, it took me hours as a child to figure out that I had to angle an egg into the belly button of navel piranha. Uh, the bosses are all so unique that I kept trying every other strategy that might possibly work. I think eventually I called the Nintendo hotline for help. I really hope you asked your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Still, love the boss, though, and every other. I think Sluggy the, Sluggy the Unshaven was my favorite, uh, just because it was so novel and low pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100% agreed-o. Yeah, none of the bosses in this game are that dangerous. No. Like, I mean, except for the, you know, the end boss, like it's, it's, you, the pacing of this game for those boss fights is really kind of, you know, not frantic and not, you know, kind of relaxing, which makes sense for like puzzle boss fights where you have to kind of figure out what to do, mm-hmm. but yeah, you can yeah, like back. That, yeah, like that idea of that being, uh, of that fight being so low pressure. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam via email, uh, also a friend of the show, if this is the Sam, I think it is. Um, yep, it is. Yep. Um, and Sam says, uh, this game is nothing short of charming from music to art to the characters. I've been reading a lot recently about the stagnation artistically and mechanically of the series. And going back to a charming oddball like this, I think I can see where it's coming from. <laughs> damn, damn straight, Sam. Yeah. Uh, yep. That's exactly what I, you know, was, was just saying just a moment ago. <laughs> Literally seconds, if not yep. milliseconds. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Vivian V via email says, Yoshi's Island is... Like Final Fantasy VI, one of the crowning achievements of the 16-bit era. Like FF6, it's one of the first console games to truly integrate art, music, and theme into something more than just the sum of their parts. Like FF6, it's more interested in the player having fun and experiencing something than trying to achieve or master a system. But while, the, well, but while that game is a Baroque homage to opera and theater, Yoshi's Island is a handcrafted love letter to childhood and imagination. Every level in Yoshi's Island introduces something new, or some new interaction of old elements, to keep things exciting to play and look at. When I grow weary of shooting terrorists, killing demons, or farming for loot, Yoshi's Island will still be waiting with something new to show me. For my money, Yoshi's Island is the greatest game in a series of famously great games. It embodies the very best of Nintendo, the joy of exploration and play, and I hope kids growing up today feel the same way about games like Super Mario Galaxy. Very well put. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's not, I don't have anything really to add to that. I think no. I think you're you're damn correct. Spot um, on. Yeah, I think I still think Super Mario World edges out a little bit yeah. for me. This, um, you know, it's maybe not quite as out there, but it also, I mean, it has it has the cape. Yeah. And it has, <laughs> has the way that, that, you know, that, that flying feeling, you know, has a kinesthetic sense that, you yeah. know, I don't get in, in this game. But the but, nice thing about, like, edging out, you know, when you're playing with, a, you know, a game of margins, you know, percentages, you know, something like that, you still have two really, really good fucking games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, absolutely. Like, and they're, they're both, you know, I, I, I love them both. I'm glad to have done both for the show. Yeah. Um, one way or another. Yeah. So, yeah, what, what a great, what a great experience. And I love yeah. it. Rounded out everyone. Good, good, good pick, us. Yeah. <laughs> good job, Gary and Cole. <laughs> High five. 
So um, let us eat the deliberation shy guy and digest him and uh, expel him from our cloaca as a shambling homunculus that will eventually be informed by our commu- by our computer brains into uh, an enemy that will destroy us all. It'll be shaped like the worst parts of Gary, but the worst parts of Cole. Mm-hmm. Ah, I am become death, the destroyer of islands that are Yoshi inhabited. Sure. <laughs> do you want to try that one again? Do you want to? Like, not for, like, I was just giving you shit. I just wanted you to come up with a better joke. Nope. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we pick, Gary? Um, we're, we're giving it to Vivian. Um, two, two things. One is I think that's just very, very well written passage about the magic of this game. Two, um, you're comparing two games that we necessarily, wouldn't necessarily have thought of comparing, but it's very apt yeah. and uh, very thoughtful. Yeah. So thank you so much, Vivian. Um, we, we can't give you all of video game music next week. Um, no. <laughs> we would like to. Um, the moon and the stars and whatnot. Uh, but uh, we'll have to settle for uh, for a steamable or the game they were doing after that. Yep, which is which is Final uh, Fantasy Tactics. Final Fantasy Tactics, which is available on every platform so long as it's Sony or iOS. Yes, it's available <laughs> on two platforms. Um, yeah, the the iOS version is the War of the Lions port, um, which we have cleared as being a okay for this. It is kind of a remake and retranslation. I think it, it is better. It is an improvement. Um, there's some charm that's lost in the, the bad translations from the first one, but it's a good way to play it. And playing it on the go is a really excellent way to play this game and build yeah. in discrete units. And we talked um, for about an hour and a half before this podcast about how much we're looking forward to playing it. Yeah, so. we, I mean, we talked a lot about fantasy tactics already, so, <laughs> so get ready. Um, but the, the, so the next episode is the music episode, just not yes. to too much. So mm-hmm. we would love it if you emailed us um, your thoughts on video game music and sound, um, specifically old. You know, video game. Like, yeah. I don't need to. Like, I don't really want to put any Call of Duty soundtrack shit in this. Um, but old video game music and sound, sound design, um, and we're gonna play a lot of that stuff during yeah. like an extra episode. Um, so please uh, email that to us though, so we can keep those all straight. Yes, please. Uh, like, if if you post about it on Facebook for like sake of discussion, um, like go ahead and do that. We would love that. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, send it to us an email so we can keep track of it. Um, yeah. That helps, and we've gotten a couple of responses already. Um, but uh, this is your official call to action. Send us this stuff, please, 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 please. Yeah, and even if it's just like this song has always been my favorite, this is real catchy, this really got to me, anything like that's fine too. Yeah. Um, about Final Fantasy Tactics, um, for the first episode, um, we're playing through the first two chapters of the game and probably covering some kind of generalities. And uh, the second episode, we're talking, playing chapters three and four um, and also talking about the side stuff. Um, you know, that happens in the game. Um, the kind of marker is when you fight the first, uh, maybe I guess spoilers, um, but <laughs> you're fighting the first uh, Zodiac demon when you're fighting Quaquelin. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. If you fight a big, you know, Eldric monstrosity, uh, you can't like Boogeyman from uh, Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas. So if you fight the Oogie Boogeyman, yes. that's when you stop. Yep. Yeah, if you see a Boogeyman, you've, uh, you've gone too far. And, uh, yeah, that'll be two episodes. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. We really hope that you participate because uh, this is a beloved game. And uh, it's beloved not just by us, it's by everybody. So chances are you've played this and love it. So share your thoughts with us. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, Gary, what are we doing? Uh, we are doing Resident Evil 2. Um, yep, which is uh, the, you know, the sequel to the kind of progenitor of the modern survival horror. Um, we're doing it as kind of a companion piece to our uh, 
uh, kind of not bewilderingly, but uh, <laughs> Everlast, like very popular Silent Hill. Yeah, uh, up until most recently, that was like up until recently, that was our most uh, popular episode ever. Yep. Um, so, and we're doing it. Uh, that game has kind of a neat thing where you choose a character. There's kind of different versions of the game, and we are both yeah. playing through one of them. So we can kind of compare our experiences. I'm going to use Leon. I, I'm going to go through both, man. I don't know about oh, yeah. you. I don't, I don't want to hold you to that, but like I just I, I'm, I'm in it to win it. So I'm going. I'm going Claire A, Leon B. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. I mean, I may do that. I like this game a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly, you know, how long it would take me to do that. I don't know what that those weeks are going to look like. Ten hours. Um, okay, well, yeah, then I, I probably will. Like, Survival Horror is one of those things too. It's like adventure games where, like, we both love these things, you know. But I think Cole just edges me out a little bit in Survival Horror. <laughs> like, he, he knows it a little more than I did. Like, I never went through this and and did speed runs or anything like that. I have a list of Survival Horror games, like in chronological order, that I'm going yes. to do something with very soon. Yeah, so. I'm, and I'm looking forward to it. Like, I'm interested enough to where I really want in on that. You know, as, as a but I also, um, you know, not quite. But I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I love this game. I, I started replaying it in the summer um, and then stopped because I thought, hey, I should do this for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we should do this for the show. But uh, it is really fun and has some things that are, you know, as much as Silent Hill 2 is a masterpiece. Like, yeah. there are a couple of things that Resident Evil does, you know, differently or better. And it's going to be fun to, to examine those. Yeah. Can I say what we're doing after this? Yeah, because you demanded it, you <laughs> assholes. Not you, the, okay. the audience. <laughs> I don't know why I got so defensive, because I really like this game. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as you do. <laughs> so um, what we're going to do next is um, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. So I've been lobbying for a Sonic game for a while. We just did a Mario game. We've done uh, three Mario games so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of seems like an inequity. Um, and if I was, you know, seven years old and on the playground, I would have said that uh, this was a bit of parson on the console wars, you know. Yep. But well, uh, well, at a young age would have said this is better than Yoshi's Island. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. Just consider that in Think the darkest that in, the, in the darkest recesses of your heart. From the man who compared the parasite weapon system <laughs> to Final Fantasy Tactics. No, no. <laughs> No, I admitted I was wrong. I am absolved of that particular statement. I am given to claims. Gary, I am given to claims. All right? I admit that. I say things really, really strongly. That is how I express myself. I'm a meek individual in real life, but when I get in front of this microphone, I spit heat. I spit fire, okay? And I say things that maybe I regret a little bit later, okay? So if I say one thing or another, mm, I can't really be held to it. However, I will say that I think you're going to like this game a little bit more. Than you expect that you're going to be. You're the most so, fake man I've ever heard you. No. 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 It's good. I've played it recently. This isn't like, you know, something like way back in the mist, like a, a fucking shit. Like a Tomba. Yeah, like a Tomba. This isn't something way back in the mist. Uh, when I was in college, I played it and uh, it held up. It's really good. So um, it's, it's a little bit tricky. Like you want to make sure that you play it, uh, you know, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Uh, so if you have the Sega Genesis uh, version of it, you want to plug those two cartridges together. Um, and I think it's available as a, you know, like as a coupled pair um, on Xbox Live Arcade, on Steam, on all these kind of things. Sega really likes Possibly to publish his games. Too. Possibly I, I those the, two. I know things. the Steam one is coupled. I, I did some research when we were 
pre, yes. pre real. So. Yes. So look around, make sure that you get those, um, and find out. This is like the like like, like those two together are Sonic Three, the game they meant to play, uh, they meant to make. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, it's a thing. Um, I really enjoy the series. That's just me. Up until up through uh, uh, Sonic Adventure Two, it's good. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear what we think about it. It may be shit. I don't know. But yeah, uh, I, I hope not. Because yeah. I don't like playing shitty games. No, no. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we know we're not quite ready to announce the next thing, but we spent a long time before kind of planning <laughs> out. We don't know the order, but what's going to go mm-hmm. in like the next like half a year. And it's all <laughs> awesome shit. Yeah. Like the, the same way I was really excited going into the fall about everything we were playing. Like I'm really excited about the spring, everything we were playing. Yeah. So, um, and then we'll probably throw in some Dark Horse stuff in there. Like something will come up and... and We'll do some. I mean, I feel like I get you know, like uh, we don't want to get too greatest hitsy, yeah. you know. So we're probably gonna throw in some parasites or some some shadow runs <laughs> in kind of the middle in there. But like the the highlights that we have planned for spring yeah. are excellent. They just put out Leisure Suit Larry on GOG. I saw that. I, I played a lot of those games. Yeah, me I'm too. Curious whether they they hold up. Um, you know, my <laughs> we, suspicion is no. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I, I, I just remember being 10 years old and, and being fascinated by titties, as I remain to be today. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a perennial wonder. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, so, so in addition, um, just a couple like announcement things we just want to hit on. Um, so the app has been out for a little yes. while? Uh, for iOS, not for Android. I've been like hounding these dudes to get the Android version out because y'all are clamoring for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I apologize sincerely. It's something that is not really in my control, um, except to uh, send them a, a hectoring email every uh, every three days or so to, to to figure out what the fuck's up. But uh, um, there is an alternate way to do it. Uh, yeah. But we should talk about what the benefit is. So if you buy the app, you get a bonus show that we do uh, called mm-hmm. Abject Suffering, which is where we take uh, your suggestions of bad games bad emulatable games and we play them for a half hour and we talk about them for a half hour mm-hmm. and uh it's real good like uh <laughs> we, we recorded the first two and i like them a lot uh, not to pat ourselves on the back too much but it, <laughs> we really struggled to make this exclusive because we i think the way that you put it is like we don't want to hide our light under a bushel mm-hmm. um you know it's really hard for us like we're you know you get into this game because you've got a little bit of an ego mm-hmm. and it's really hard for us not to just put everything that we do out there um, and but I can say that this is that it's it's real real fun yeah it's real funny um, <laughs> I really like episode one episode two just as an announcement so um, is about uh, kid cool yeah for for the NES um, suggested <laughs> by Eric Hyde um, yes and we uh, we talked about that and episode three just before we got on mic I went and did the random number generator and chose episode three and I have no fucking clue how we're gonna play it for a half hour like I don't I have no idea I would watch a, like a like a walkthrough of it online and somebody you can beat it in 16 minutes but I have no idea how like I played this thing before but it's gonna be it's gonna be good so episode three of that is gonna be one to watch I'm so excited about this. Yeah, it's it's going to be excruciating. Yeah. Um, and that that comes out every two weeks, um, and you just find it uh, with the show on the on the app. Yeah, um, you can also like favorite episodes. You have all of our contact methods right there. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a neat app in and of itself. And you know, a big reason to check it out is because it supports us. So yeah. doing that yeah. is like a tangible way to to help us out. We don't want the show to cost money. Blah blah blah. Yep. To, um, to kick us a buck or two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, one way that you can get that, like if you don't if you don't have a smartphone or if you don't want to, you know, like I don't want this content to be restricted to, uh, you know, to, to my smartphone or whatever. Uh, you can take advantage of what uh, we here at DuckFeed.TV Industries are calling the tribute system. Um, so uh, just go to uh, you know the Watch Out for Fireballs page. You'll see a link there. You know, make a tribute to this. It's two dollars, two American dollars. You can make it. You you, you can do this as many times as, as you want. Um, and uh, it's through Amazon payment, so it's not through PayPal. So it's not the devil. Um, and uh, once you do that, it kicks you back to the uh, to, to the actual page where Abject Suffering uh, Abject Suffering is hosted. And uh, you can subscribe to the RSS link or download whatever episodes you want. You have that thing. You can favorite, et cetera. Uh, yeah. And uh, that gives you access to it, too. So uh, whatever way you have to give us money, your delicious, sweet, sweet cash, <laughs> uh, we're on that paper chase, dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Um, <laughs> we will give you um, excellent, funny content of us uh, railing about bad games in a way that we hope is distinct from other uh, people on people the who rail against bad games. Yes, yeah. we we would never have done this as our principal thing. Like I think yeah. I like to think that we bring more to this whole thing than just yeah. uh, you know making dick jokes. Uh, <laughs> but we like to make dick jokes. Yeah. So we wanted a, a place for that, um, and it's not it's not two dollars an episode or anything. Like no, that. Like it just, no. You know, it's if like you, one if you time. Like donating, we want to hook you up. Yeah, yeah. We want to give you something or other about that. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, like uh, I know it's off the main page. I'll probably put it on here at the at the, at the um, you know the, when this is released. But uh, I'm still making magnets, uh, the waffle magnets. We've had a couple of people a couple of people order them. I make them by hand. I iron them by hand. They're made of perler beads. They're uh, pretty big, and uh, you can put them up uh, and uh, enjoy them. They're you know uh, I believe it's like you know five dollars. Um, a thing, and you just order them. They're fun. So mm-hmm. uh, check those out on the main page, and I will make them and send them to you. Possibly with uh, some garbage from around the house. I sent one to uh, to uh, our, our super fan Jala. Uh, I think with mm-hmm. uh, with some homebrew caps and a pencil that I used to take notes about the game, and uh, some of those damn Ross kids art. You know, no yeah. big deal. Yeah, pretty pretty neat. Um, something I just thought of, and I, I didn't discuss this with Cole, so feel free to cut this out if this ends up becoming a discussion. Um, but you know, so we want people to get this app. We want people to get this abject suffering thing. Um, get get that either buy the app or you know do the the tribute. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say in the next uh, you know couple weeks, um, do that and let us know. So send us an email, and maybe you'll win one of uh, three Watch Out for Fireballs T-shirts. Ooh, yeah, well, only yeah, three like in that. existence. Um, you know, they are size large. Um, mm-hmm. They are nice T-shirts. Yeah. And uh, they are just sitting on my shelf. I'm looking right at them, just sitting there taking up space like a bunch of dumb idiots. <laughs> and uh, I don't need three T-shirts with my own podcast logo on it. Um, but they're, they're attractive. They have a big can, waffle on the front. Can we make that too and have you send one to me? As the co-host of this program, <laughs> yes. Um, I, <laughs> so we have three total, and that makes sense. You can be the third person who has one of these shirts. Okay. Um, so just send us proof that you that you've done that um, in the next couple of weeks, and we'll we'll send you a shirt. Yeah. If, yeah. if 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 you're smaller than that, it can be a sleepy shirt, and if you're larger than that, you can use that as incentive to lose weight to uh, display your love of our show <laughs> to the show. Yeah. <laughs> and if and if you're so furious that you don't get a shirt and want us to start considering the idea of making them again, let us know. Yep, shirts at duckfeed.tv. Uh, yeah, shirts at duckfeed.tv. There we go. Um, cool. Um, and just one real, real quick thing. So that, that, the whole idea of giving back. Um, one very, very awesome uh, fan of the show has decided to give back. I just wanted to thank him um, on air. Um, so I do not have uh, tons of equipment for this, but uh, 
you know, my microphone is of shittier quality than Cole's. And um, one amazing person has decided to donate us a, uh, a better microphone. Um, so um, he did not want to be identified by full name, so we're not going to use his full name. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we're going to call him, uh, I don't know, Mac? Yes, um, let's say Mac. Yeah. Hey, Mac. Like, uh, so, and, and th- this is awesome. Like, it's a huge deal. And it was a yeah. huge, uh, man, like, not without getting too, um, like, serious, real lifey about stuff like that. But, like, one of the things I love about doing this podcast, and something like this happens, is, like, so I don't feel like uh, we've never gone and done douchey marketing things. Or we've never, like, um, you know, uh, spanned people's blogs for reviews or anything like that. And I love it when something comes along that rewards us for for behavior that I want to see other people do. You know, that rewards us for not being douchebags. And it's like, you know, we're just kind of going along, doing doing our thing, doing it the way that we want to. And then to have somebody respond to it in this way, in kind of like a tangible way, like, means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, when, you know, when I found out about this, like, it was a genuinely kind of emotional moment for mm-hmm. me. Um, and I really appreciate it. And yeah. uh, the so so Mac, and if you uh, you know if you said you wanted to do um, so, one thing I wanted to plug on here anyway was the YouTube series. Like, let's say you wanted to pick out a game and have me do some some let's plays of it. I would totally do it. You know, maybe you're gonna start your own podcast. You want some theme music? <laughs> Let me know. Um, you know, I just I'm, I'm genuinely touched. So yeah. that is all I, I really wanted to say. Yeah, this this isn't behavior that we expect from everybody who, everybody who listens i don't think that would be tenable from the size of the donation that uh mac has made but um you know we, we want to take a moment and just kind of recognize uh that um you know everybody listening just the fact that you're paying attention to this if you're hearing this and you're not one of us editing this um yeah. it's uh you, you know it's something gigantic it's something huge it's something uh you know at, at the risk of uh the risk of hyperbole life-changing it, it's not only is it like a point of pride it's also like it's very touching like yeah. gen, genuine genuine feelings of, of extreme gratefulness like just very you know so that, that's all i mean not to get too serious or anything, <laughs> just uh so so mac um you know that's the, the our code word uh, that, that we're using um just to protect your anonymity uh that's fucking awesome yeah. and uh the appreciation knows no bounds and all of you who are listening to the show um, we'll hear a difference, hopefully as soon as, <laughs> possibly as soon as the next episode of our other show that we're going to talk about, speaking of segues, um, <laughs> when I have a much better microphone and yes. uh, can represent a little bit better. Yes. Um, in order to bring us back up, uh, cloaca, cloaca, homunculus, cyborg Yoshi, <laughs> cyborg Yoshi, eggs, menstruation, and also piranha plants? I'm not sure. Or <laughs> Four, four. Protecting my people. <laughs> Eat my people. Eat me whole. God damn it! So hard. Um, no. So, oh man. So we alluded to another show uh, that we do, and uh, that uh, we are inviting the whole community to participate in because we want people to play this game. Um, we started a, uh, a t- uh, sp- uh, not a spinoff, its own entity. Yes. Um, called Bonfire Side Chat. Um, uh, undead favorite. <laughs> and it is a, a game dedicated to the Souls series of games. Um, specifically, we're focusing on Dark Souls right now. Um, and just uh, it's doing, you know, gaining its own identity and uh, audience on its own as well. But we just want to plug it a little bit um, while it's still in these early, um, you know, kind of nursery stages. Yeah. Um, so if you have any interest at all in Dark Souls, if you have any interest on, in Dark Coals, um, <laughs> then... <laughs> then uh, 
Uh, just a uh, well, that was a dumb joke. Um, but if, <laughs> uh, if you have any interest, if you like us, if you like that game series, um, please uh, check out the episode. And uh, we are going to—it's not just going to be us; it's going to be guests as well. Mm-hmm. Um, first episode was just the two of us, and the next episode, which will uh, come out about a week after this one does, or mm-hmm. that—that's Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Um, that Sunday. So the Sunday after you're listening to this, um, you'll hear us with uh, Zach from Video Games Hot Dog. Yes. Um, the, the second major I, area. I am so excited about that. Video Games Hot Dog is my favorite video games podcast. No yeah. offense to the shows that I do. You you guys are great, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> um, the, 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 uh, like, Zach is just going to cuckoo. cuckoo. <laughs> and then, then, like, then, then the next episode of Watch Out Fireballs is going to be Zach and Cole talking about video game music. <laughs> and it's me with his microphone like crying in the corner. <laughs> I'm going to name it Cole and just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just coming on the show with talking to an unplugged microphone and a part of electricity. <laughs> <laughs> oh manzies, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so we're, we're, we love that show though too. Like that's really exciting. Yeah. We're not not doing this. Um, some some people have referenced that show and and referred to this one in a tense that made it sound like we were discontinuing this. No, and fuck no, it. fuck no. Yeah, not the case. So we, <laughs> we we have the bandwidth to do both, and we're treating them both uh, mm-hmm. equally seriously. Yeah. So check out uh, check out Bonfireside Chat. Yeah, check out the Facebook group for that too. We're uh, we're we're eliciting uh, user participation in that in a way that is going to be uh, quite frankly shocking and innovative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, with no sense of hyperbole. Is the, um, yeah, and we're also doing like a fun contest there too. So if you yeah. uh, if you need want a copy of the game, um, please rate and review that show. Be honest, we're not asking anyone to lie. But if you like the show, rate and review it. If you would like a Dark Souls T-shirt and our medium-sized uh, American Apparel human, um, then let us know on the Facebook group, and uh, those things could be yours. Yeah, your wildest then, dreams, so long as they involve those things. <laughs> yes, uh, and just real quick, I wanted to throw in a quick plug for the the YouTube channel um, yes, that, that yes, I, I curate. So I, I kind of switched into a rhythm now where Tuesday. So related to Watch Out for Fireballs, I'm <laughs> adding my playthroughs of the games we do for Object Suffering. So if you want to actually see my experience as I'm having it, and I'm going into most of these games blind, <laughs> um, you can check those out on uh, Tuesdays as well as other old NES games. And then Friday, I'm doing kind of a limited run of Binding of Isaac. Yes, uh, let's plays. Like, uh, like, I have to say, like, this is the first time that I've, I've had the opportunity to do this in an official uh, capacity. Uh, those Let's Plays that you've done of that have really helped me get into the game. So you're doing, like, God's work insofar as, like, explaining <laughs> some of the vagaries of that inscrutable fucking game uh, to somebody who doesn't have very much patience like myself. Uh, so I hope that everybody listening to this who has kind of been interested in that game uh, watches those um, gain some tips that you have, your, uh, your your insight and your wisdom, and it goes through it and, uh, and enjoys that game on their own terms uh, because it is very much worth your while and you make it accessible. So thank you. You're very welcome. Um, that, that's kind of the point. So like a lot of people are doing, uh, Isaac gets a lot of play on YouTube and uh, people are funny and I can be a funny person too, but I also have a PhD in that game and know <laughs> it inside and out. So I wanted to kind of use that knowledge for something. Yeah. So I kind of want to position it as a guide. Um, so yeah, so check those out. Um, I would love to see some more people on the YouTube channel. So things that you can do for, uh, for this show, um, you can go to, uh, iTunes. We've had a couple of ratings and reviews lately. Uh, we can continue that momentum. I would like to see us in uh, what's hot more. 
Uh, we've yeah. been in what's hot pretty frequently lately. Uh, Duck Feed is uh, blazing up those charts uh, between the pitch on uh, the comedy, what's uh, you know new and noteworthy, and also on the video games with Bonfire Side Chat and us and the level. Um, it's great. I love to see that. So you can help that effort out by uh, rating us and reviewing us. Uh, again, we don't like you to lie, but we really like it when you do. Um, <laughs> here we go. Just if, if you like it, do it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But if you, if you don't like Gary, it, you're probably not even hearing this if you don't like it. Um, Gary, so I don't even know why tr- we add that caveat. We could have turned some fours into fives, man. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so 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 that, that that is a fantastic way to, uh, to help us out. That uh, legitimately helps more people find out about the show. Um, so if you want to uh, spread the cheer, spread the wealth, uh, that is one way to do it. Yep, and uh, also listen to those other shows or check them out if you haven't. You know, they're not going to be for everybody. Like most of the network is about video games. So <laughs> when we do stuff like those Dan Ross kids with a pitch, like those are not about video games. No, maybe you're just into video games. That's fine. But if you uh, if you at all just kind of like us as dudes, it's <laughs> worth checking out those shows just to see yeah. if uh, if they work for you. Yes. And if you would like to support us monetarily, uh, there is a, there is a subscription option as well as the tributes. Um, the tributes, it's great because you get something out of that. Uh, the subscriptions, not so much just yet. We're trying to figure something out. But so the best way to do that is to uh, buy stuff on Amazon like you normally would because you are a human in the year 2013. <laughs> um, so if so you, if you use Amazon. Yes. Um, so go to uh, duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. Um, use that Amazon link there. We get a uh, kickback from that. That helps us uh, host the blog. It helps us host uh, the shows. Uh, helps make this not a lost leader in either of our lives. Um, mm-hmm. it, is a, uh, it is a great way to support us. And uh, it helps you get awesome stuff. It's great when you put it in order and stuff shows up two days later. It's great. Um, so that is, uh, that, that is one of those things we would recommend that you do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with that, and this has already been a, a very long episode, so we can probably wrap, <laughs> wrap this up. Whoa, Whoa, everything falls down. And the cat really wants to be fed, so he is using his tail to knock things off of things. Yeah, well, um, that is. But our... I should feed him because it is his food time for him. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so it's it's uh it's you know relatively short game, long episode, but um, <laughs> hopefully uh, you stayed with it. And until next time, um, what uh, what possible advice do we have for these fine folk? Watch out for the Kitus. And just we talked about this a little bit, but you're just going to do the scab, yes, on, on your own and put it in. Okay, I'll record yeah. a couple uh, Yoshi noises. Okay, just so I can get a, I get a credit mm-hmm. on it. The Screen Actors Guild. Yes, get you get scale.
Can, 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 can you do some Yoshi <laughs> singing for me? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, damn it. I was just about to make a real funny joke, and it's not going to work. So I just I just reached over my keyboard to turn it on, and I was going to play a popular song and sing in the Yoshi voice. And my keyboard, my cat unplugged my keyboard, and I had to like get up to make it work. Well, so just could, imagine that it was real funny. You could you could make it work if you want. Actually, you're probably right. Okay, <laughs> like, like I, I plug stuff in every day. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> What's that? I feel like I recognize it. The sound of silence. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Can can, can you do some uh, Yoshi singing for real for me? Yes. Okay. Um, and, and anticipating our needs for, uh, you know, for, for the skebit, um, can you do like Yoshi just mercilessly gutting it or something? Okay, and just and just make a Yoshi spitting something out noise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I've been awake for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Yay.